Warning, it is the opinion of the Forestry Productions LLC and the Working Perspectives podcast that we should inform you that some of the language used in this recording could possibly be considered offensive. You have been warned, so if you decide to listen to the recording, then don't complain about the language. Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things and real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied today by Jalen Dove, Justin Richardson, Captain Jerkbeard, Tom Lavelle, the bad boy, Bernie Pocasey, and our guest today is the one and only Chef Chipper, Chip Panico. Tom, how we doing? Doing great. Good. Benoit Pahoo, You ready to get this thing going? Yeah, man, I always excited to be uh, around for a Tuesday show. Very nice, very nice. Well, just in case you guys are wondering, you can find all our content and all our stuff on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Work Perspectives Podcast. You can have us on Instagram at Work Perspectives Podcast, and you can join us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workperspectives at gmail.com, and please like and subscribe so, you know, the world can stop hearing me say like and subscribe. Justin, you still watching Asian porn? Uh, nah, it's not really my thing. Glad to hear. Well, this is the Work Perspectives Podcast. Let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's our objective to be effective by voice in societies. Working perspective, exploring your day and how you get paid. Launching a new episode every Tuesday. Your day can transform. guys let me tell you let me tell you let me tell you a little something about our guest today old chef chipper chip panico uh so when i was coming up as a kid there was a couple cool places to hang out in lansdale land of the free home of the brave and one of them was this place we know as the boys and girls club let me tell you that was a place justin you've been there i'm assuming i did when uh, north penn went on strike that one year I spent yep. the uh, spent the majority of the year there, and it was oh. a wonderful, wonderful place. Dude, we were me and Tom were in Catholic school when they went on strike. Tom, do you remember like how much it sucked, like walking home from school, and we see like everybody playing football at like Fourth Street Park, and we'd be like, "What the fuck?" You know, like what the hell? I remember asking my mom, like, "Why can't our teachers go on strike?" And you know, I like, don't, I don't, I don't remember it shit. that well. I don't remember it. Like I was, how, in did it last grade. a whole year? No, it wasn't. Until... It, was like a, it was like two months, maybe. No, it was until January. Shut up. It was really? three or four months. Yeah, because September, wait. October, November. Uh, maybe it was December. Now that you're three months? Yeah, we were there for a while. Oh, man. I thought it was two months, but man, maybe it's three months. Man, you lucky fucking bastard. Ugh, that sucks. But I mean, <laughs> the parents must have been going through it. But either way, back to the Boys and Girls Club. Hanging out there. There's a couple older guys there that are like, you know, the cooler old heads. You know, Jack Byers was one. Rob DeFinis was another. 
you know, but then there was one guy that was like the cool guy, old guy, but back in the day, and I think you guys would agree back in the day, it was the cool thing. And I've said this before. It was cool. If you're an older guy to be the dickhead to a young kid, you know what I'm saying? Right? Like picking on the young kids was cool, you know? And I'm sure it's not cool now, but I mean, maybe it is. We don't know. Kids like clean living Never these days. And yeah, it's just the whole thing. To be so, honest, I think you make too much of that. I, I don't think it was as cool as you're saying, you know? Well, I, think, I guess I I, maybe it wasn't yeah. cool, but kids were fucking doing it. Kids were mean, yo. <laughs> yeah, real fucking mean. But yeah. one of the guys that brought in like a sense of like camaraderie and like an inclusiveness was our guest today, Chef Chip. He was always cool to like the young kids and was like show us stuff and like get us involved. But then he would also blast your fucking head off in a game of dodgeball, pal. Let me tell you, sharpshooter, this guy, watch the hell out. I've seen many kids sent off with like, you know, a bloody nose, but they'd, you know, rub some dirt on it and get back in there. There's no calling mom. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he was very that. inclusive, you know, and he was, you know, but there was also this bar in town called, uh, you know, that his family ran for a number of years. And it was one of the cool spots to go. And I remember like, we weren't old enough to get in there, but like we would hang out by there and go by there. And we knew him and his brother were both there and there was also like you know they played football and they were stars of the football team and they were both like i remember seeing like a picture in like a yearbook and it's just chip with like a couple other guys standing there and like their golf shirts at like you know school and i just remember him just being like all shoulders and chest and be like god damn that guy's but either way <laughs> always looked up to him always thought he was a good guy and he was like nice to all us kids and when I found out he was a listener of the show and a fan of the show, man, I'll tell you, it really meant a lot because it does, you know, it does, it does take a lot to do this and we do commit. So when we find out like good people like Chip tune into the show and like the show, it just, you know, it means the world to us. So before we get started, I would just like to ask Chip, what do you prefer or what do you like better? The Godfather part one, Godfather part two. Dude, I think you got to watch the whole thing right in, in one saga. Right. But you which one do you think is better? USA Network, they chop it up. Yeah. Which one do you think is better, though? Part one or part two? When Apollonia gets blown up in part one, that's where the entire storyline takes a drastic turn. And for that reason, and that reason alone, I pick Godfather number one. Go back uh, and watch Apollonia. Better movie. Oh, go back oh my and god. watch Apollonia. Oh my god. First some of the first tits I ever saw in right? my life. Oh baby. Go back and watch Apollonia and then watch her get blown up. Yeah. And you understand why Michael did what he had to do. The yeah. version where they, what he said, where they chop it up on USA, where they play it in chronological order. So like it it's, starts yeah. with it's got a name in Italy. It's the, it's the Godfather saga. It's called the Godfather That's saga. That's cool. Yeah. And they mix the first two movies where they play it like it starts off in with young, young Vita. Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a shame because the second movie is much better. But yeah, That's when when uh, when uh, when the wife gets blown up in Italy, man. Yeah, I remember, dude, <laughs> this was awkward. Like we would I remember like it's one of those movies like I remember watching it with my dad and Tom. We were what? Like if I'm 10, you're 12. Right. And she's there like naked tits out. And her nipples were different. I do remember she had different nipples. Right. Am say, I wrong? If I, if I could. I don't know if her nipples were different, but I think her boobs were perky you know what i mean they were like it was like a down with an up does that make yeah. sense they kind of like yeah they were like swoop. half it, it was like a, a swoop. Uh, yeah all i know is i remember it to this day there's a couple movies that i remember with it but that movie was on and i 
this is the first time I'm watching it. And to be honest, I think we were watching it as a family. And <laughs> I might have yeah. been 10, like you were yeah. saying. And then next thing you know, this naked, ch- and I'm like, yeah, I was like, I, I like, this is ha- like, whoa, like, and yeah. I was like, I got to see this movie again. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So initial yeah. love of that movie, I think, was from Apollonia. So that's she, maybe, you know what? That's a big chip. That's a big point. Her specifically in the movie. She was great. Is, is, uh, is maybe the one that puts it over the top. She's like, that's she it. is a dream girl. Those, Go ahead, are old, those are old country cans right there. <laughs> Those are the old country cans. Grass fed. <laughs> those are pure. Yeah, she hasn't been eating McDonald's chicken nuggets since she was three years old. She's been eating sheep milk and homemade pasta. Those things are pure, dude. Yeah. Those things are pure. Like yeah. you, you said, the nip angle is unique. You yeah. only get that back in the, in the home. Yeah. Yeah. Damn right. Damn <laughs> right. Can't import that nipple angle. Can't no. import that nipple angle. No matter God. how many have tried. That's, yeah. that's extra, extra virgin. Yeah. Yeah. They, you ain't get you you ain't getting the you ain't getting that in a can of ragu. Okay. <laughs> no. It's homemade mozzarella. Yeah. 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 That's it's, that's what we call gravy tits. <laughs> <laughs> Old gravy tits. Oh, uh, which like sound would sound like an insult unless you heard this conversation. You know what? Though, but it's it, actually a high compliment. Am I most. am I off? Like you know a gravy boat that you have for You're Thanksgiving. The tits yeah. kind of looked a little bit like a gravy boat if yeah. you think about it. Yeah, they oh, had the man. half pipe kind of thing. Those know? tits were right off the boat. Those yeah. tits were without papers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, classic. Hey, well, you know, I mean, you didn't pick the right movie, but, you know, you had the right reason. So shout out Apollonia, fan of the show, listen to the show. She, dude, she <laughs> so you was, got up. yeah, she was like legit a smoke. Like, forget about it. So hot. Oh, man. And, like, just an authentic, all-natural. Like, her in the sundress when he first sees her. Oh, my God. Forget about it. What was her name? What's her real name? The actress? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Justin, you mind looking that up while we keep going? Uh, But no matter what you say, it's going to be Apollonia for the rest of time. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So, all right. So, Chip, well, great answer to that. Love it. So, let's keep it going. I do want to know Chip's. uh, Chip is a chef, so it's well regarded. What is your uh, Cheeto preference? Are you a uh, puff or a crunchy uh, cheese product? Crunchy. (laughs) Everybody's crunchy. Back in the game. Only the few and the proud. No, only the weak and the suspect. Let's not underplay like all this Apollonia talk. Let's not underplay uh Diane. Oh, young Keats, dude. Young even even a middle-aged Keats. Late age. Don't sleep on her. Some I'll tell you what though. Love I saw a late age, a late age. Like what was in the movie? She was in a movie with Jack Nicholson. Like yeah. And she Helen showed Hunt? her nude. And she's like, no, no, no. Diane no, more Keaton. recent than that. Oh, more recent than that. And I was like, oh damn. She's not like sagging or nothing. Like she, they showed yeah. her completely nude, I think. And I was like, Oh shit! Helen, Helen Mirren too. She's like it, like you know, she's pretty well put together for an Can't older lady. Announce well. that, yeah. Simonetta Stefanini. Simonetta, Simonetta Stefanini. Stefanini. <laughs> oh, love Simonetta Stefanini. Shout One out, of my favorite, all timer, all timer, gravy tits. You know, what are Doesn't the odds seem... that they actually found her living in that house and that she's just the actress just never seen them? They're like, <laughs> yeah. hey, we need you to do some stuff for a couple of days, and then they're like, all right, we'll see you later. I wouldn't be surprised if that was like a thing, right? Because it was Coppola, right? like who knows and they shot it in sicily didn't they? well she actually got blown up in the car she's <laughs> oh, dead yeah. we didn't know that well, yeah that, that was, was very method. That was very method that was that real. type of yeah. method not usually seen in european actors at the time so yeah, yeah. well shout out to her um, i can do this trick but i can only do it once yeah <laughs> shout out daffy duck fan of the show <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. So, okay, so let's keep it moving. So Chef Chipper here, he is the owner, operator, and head chef at AAA Catering. Uh, they just did the ribbon cutting ceremony not long ago. And for those watching on video, you can see the hand-painted mural he has at AAA Catering as our background, right? And as you know, like Chef, the way or the way Chef Chip kind of explained this AAA Catering to me, it's kind of like a new spin on catering. And it's almost like a billion dollar idea Justin had but in a better way. So uh, Chip, give us a little rundown. What do you got going on at AAA? And like, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to doing with the uh, with AAA Catering? AAA Catering, I've been in it since 2012. Started out over in a, a social club, rented out over here on the other side of Lansdale and worked there for the last, uh, I worked, worked there from 2012 till this past July, building up um, a business, building up a great team, building up the infrastructure to be able to come into a brick and mortar space over here on Main Street in Lansdale. And what I did here at 211 West Main Street in Lansdale, build out a large commissary for our food service management and off-premise catering business, uh, a tasting room that I bring clients into and I can do tastings if they're going to have me uh, cater a wedding or a large corporate event. I have groups come in and do tastings in a tasting room here. A uh, new part of the project here for AAA Catering is our retail storefront uh, that's faced out to 211 West Main Street, directly nice. across the street from the Boys and Girls Club. Love it. And that's where you, you're through town. You don't need a whole catering job. You're coming through. You're getting together with a couple friends. You're watching a fight. You need some wings or a tray of pulled pork, broccoli, rob, and rolls. Or your wife's driving through town for a baby shower on a Sunday, and she needs to pick up a tray of cheese and meat uh, or a sliced fruit tray with moose dip. Nice. Uh, that's what we'll have out front. We're also really excited to be right in the heart of Main Street next to the Google Ball, yeah. next to the historic Lansdale train station, yep. and uh, front and center for Lansdale Bike Night, Lansdale Car Show, First Friday. You name it, we'll be out there hustling French fries and uh, barra tacos and burgers and whatever else I can sling for a buck at all those different events. Dude, no, oh, dude, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to go there and get some stuff. And for everyone listening, we'll have a link in the description of this episode for AAA Catering for the website. Highly suggest you check it out. Really good stuff. Really big fan of what he does. And like I've taken, you know, I've had some of it before, and it's pretty damn good. And so, but no, it's uh, but the road he got to get there was a pretty tough road. So we're gonna get down on that soon. Uh, Tom, you had a question? Yeah. What does uh, what does the AAA stamp? What's AAA? Why AAA Catering? AAA Catering came from my dad. And, uh, you know, my dad really brought me up and gave me an intense training in the business uh, from a very early, early uh, age. Me and dad were out at a restaurant nightclub convention in Vegas, and we were going to catering seminar uh, every morning. They had all kinds of different seminars, bar seminars, promotion seminars, everything you could possibly think of. We were getting into off-premise catering out of his restaurant, Molleteers Cafe. This is 2003, and uh, we started doing off-premise out of Molleteer. And with the changeover of the neighborhood that my dad's tavern was located in, we talk about that later, we had a harder time pulling people into the neighborhood to sell food, which was our product. So we had to start finding ways to take it out and uh, create revenue off-premise. We were doing that for a couple of years in the late 90s, early 2000s. My dad had always done it 
in the different clubs. Sons of Italy, Cannoneers, Big Vets, Little Vets, all these little clubs when they had funerals and whatnot. He would, we, we, me and my brother, Robbie DeFinis, worked for him. We would drag all this stuff all around and set up. And we were at a conference and we got linked up with a guy who was doing five or six million at the time in 2003 catering in Florida. And the name of his company was Triple A Catering. And the reason he named his company that at the time was that was the first one listed in the phone book, in the yellow pages. Ooh. We talked to him. He had no. That's old school. Right. Yeah. Old school. Old school. Yeah. He had no problem with us using Black. it in Pennsylvania. So that's what we named it. Triple A Catering. And we were the first in the yellow pages that got us a lot of hits initially. And that carried over to my current business. And uh, we'll talk about my food service management contracts with the state. And I do food service management contracts with the state. And that helps me because I'm on the top of the state vendors list listed as Triple A Catering. So I get some. Um, yeah. hits based on that and uh it's amazing every time that happens i uh you know i know that's my dad smiling down dude that's like you're getting google priority before google was even a thing you know like that's fucking yeah. smart man that dude really smart we should change this to like you know the quadruple a podcast maybe we'll get you know <laughs> more Go hits triple a podcast nice <laughs> no but that's awesome man so nice well let's get started a little bit into some of your backstory now so like we said, you were born, we were born in Abington Hospital, but you grew up on Cannon Avenue in the land of the free, home of the brave, Landsville, Pennsylvania. Uh, you did a little Catholic school to start. You did Catholic school till fifth from kindergarten to fifth grade. Something happened fifth grade, maybe. And then you went to a local middle school for a little while. But then you came back and finished the Catholic high school uh, at LC, which, you know, shout out LC Roundtable, uh, available now on all podcast platforms and YouTube at WorkSpecs Podcast. But, you know, and you would finish your career there at your high school career at Lansdale Catholic. But do you remember what happened? Uh, why did you have to leave the Catholic school initially? Because it was Corpus, right? Yeah, I was over at Corpus Christi. Um, was, and still is, and always will be superior to St. Stanislaus, of course. Oh. <laughs> uh, You're breaking up again, Chip. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, we didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was over there at Corpus Christi. Uh, I'll just say I had a tough run. Corpus Christi, yeah. I was a rambunctious little kid. There was a lot of clergy still in the classroom back yeah. then, especially at Corpus Christi. And, you know, a couple years in a row where the different nuns uh, had very structured classrooms. And that was yeah. tough for me for the whole day, you know. And yeah. then um, also, too, there was a good amount of teasing going on at that point. And I had a very old school pop who was into, like, go out and kick his ass if he's teasing you. I don't want you to come home and bitch to me that some kid's teasing you. Some kid's yeah. teasing you, go and kick his ass. So next thing you know, I'm, like, you know, knocking around with kids nonstop at school <laughs> because I'm not getting in trouble at home with dad. Mom is beating the shit out of me when I get home. Right. But I'm not getting in trouble with dad. And, uh, you know, a really tough year in fifth grade with that principal at the time, Sister Joan. She said, I think it's better if the panic goes find another school to go to next year. Yeah. Hey, man. But no, you're right, though. I think that's something where your dad's right. Like, you have to stick up for yourself. You have to, like, if someone's giving you shit, you have to give them back. That was the right thing to do, you know. And, you know, I mean... The nuns, dude, like, I guess that type of, like, education, was, I think, is a little outdated. Like, especially, like, I don't know. It, like, I guess we were the, the beginning of the ADD era, right? But, uh, you know, it's so tough to keep a kid in a classroom, like, so, like, you know, just, like, like that without being able to beat them. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's just, like, crazy. Go ahead, Tom. So, now, Chip, you you're, you seem like, you know, and from what I've 
always seen is just this guy that kind of like has like this confidence about him and like this kind of like you know i'm the man like not that you're like you know what i mean but you just seem like confident in yourself and who you are and stuff like that so you're saying like when you were younger you're getting picked on you were having trouble with that like uh kids picking on you in school and you just you didn't know what to do is is that what was going on or yeah and you know it doesn't take you it takes you to when you're an adult to figure out like what really was going on and uh right one thing i realized i didn't know what was happening when i was a kid one and this is of no one's fault i have seven older sisters i'm the eighth of nine kids my brother is the ninth and my youngest sister is seven years older than me so we were like oops babies my parents had us at the end yeah. And, uh, you know, they had already put seven girls through school and into college by the time me and my brother were in like fourth, third, fourth grade. And, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? They were like, yo, they were checked out or yeah. they were like, whatever, like, get it through. Dude. No, they, they were the like, nuns were no, like, they, not they, another panico. Right. Yeah, pretty much like they were like they weren't checked out. They were amazing parents. They were working non friggin stop. Nine kids. You know what I mean? That's one thing. They they, they weren't checked out, but they were just like, "Eh, uh, you know, my my pop was like Belmont coaching CYO after you coach CYO for seven year old St. Stan's. Stan's. I mean, you probably had some good years, though, if it was St. Stan's, you know what I mean? Really, probably girls. very successful. I mean, whatever girls. sport, so, Ama- you know. Saint amazing Saint's- girls program. Amazing girls program. <laughs> yeah. The, the yep. school just breeds winners, you know. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, so, okay, <sighs> sorry, I interrupted you. So, yeah, your dad's like, it's not they're checked out. They're just fucking busy. They got a ton of, you know, an army of mouths to feed. And then the nuns kind of had it for you. You know, they were, your fifth oh. sister really stuck it to them. But sister, sister, six and oh. seven. <laughs> really fucking you know turn the fucking needle on it you know what i'm saying also being an older parent you're not in you're not like in tune to is hip for grade school kids yeah okay and it's all so like, me down yes it's a lot especially the first especially the first boy too so not only are, are you not, older parents but now it's like oh we have this girls thing down to a science we know exactly what the girl's yeah. gonna get into on her first day of kindergarten because this yeah. is kind of how it happened now you got two dudes coming through i'm sure your folks are like I, I, it's going to be different. Let's try to keep it similar. Like, I think the one thing you get from having that many kids by the end is people say, oh, checked out. It's like, no, maybe they just knew what to sweat and what not to sweat. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of little stuff. Like, I was the For oldest, sure. and my mom thought every biggest goddamn deal that was ever going to happen. Yeah. And then after only a couple kids, she got a little perspective of, like, this in the grand scheme of things, like, really isn't going to – there's no yeah. permanent record, like – yeah 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 you know yeah. you can't lower to the flies it but it's like i would imagine after that many kids you you stop worrying about a lot of little minutia <laughs> that like probably is more stressful and you know it's not gonna lead anywhere yeah after, yeah, after like, seven girls not, yeah, yeah. Justin. no yeah after seven girls like they get a phone call from school and like they like oh these kids punch they they apparently these two punch each other and other people <laughs> we didn't have this with the other seven children <laughs> These ones punch. I'm sure. I mean, if they're panicos, I'm sure your sisters could throw down too, huh, Chip? My sister could put a black eye on somebody in the vestibule Molitor's Cafe for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If they all grew up in the bar life, they knew how to throw down. But yeah. sisters very involved with you and uh, your brother, like as far as, you know, helping you guys, you know, grow up? That's because um, with all, a big family, they, it seems like all hands on deck to me yeah, a lot of times. You agreed. Know? Agreed. A hundred percent. Everybody worked at the bar. Everybody babysat. 
Uh, they had a whole fucking oldest. staff at the Dude. bar. Jesus. Yep. Baseball in, team, in particular, my, my oldest sister was 13 when we were born. So in particular, oh. she took like the helm. Uh, she becomes like a third also, parent. 100%. My, my yeah. oldest sister is like, you know, the third parent to me and my brother. Uh, in fact, you know, in those days, like my dad wasn't changing diapers and shit like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. or, or babysitting us or doing any of those things when we were little. My dad mm-hmm. was either at work or playing cards, or playing softball, or playing darts, or whatever he was doing. He wasn't changing diapers and pushing a baby stroller around Canada. Yeah. So my oldest sister had us a lot. Yeah. A lot. We yeah. also took a lot of heat being in school, at Corpus in particular, and only yeah. at Corpus when we were in school, for uh, the family having a bar. Like, huh. some parents, some parents uh, would like, they're yeah, like more yuppie lace yeah. curtain kind of and they're like look at these blue collars no, i just think is? there's a stigma with the bar i still have it working at a bar today you know there's a stigma there and what's funny is people don't realize bars are a lot of time the corner store of neighborhoods yeah and you get everyone in there and the amount of fundraising that happens oh, yeah. at bars and community is a lot bigger than people think but at a catholic school i could definitely see why there would be a, a stigma on the kids and you kind of felt that weight it seems like with the gap there too you had to figure out a lot of stuff on your own you know it's like all right i gotta figure this out because yeah. you know your your sisters and your parents are busy and then your sisters really don't know what to exactly tell you because they're still young themselves so i don't know it just seems like it could be difficult you just learn to keep it moving you know what i mean it's a good life <laughs> lesson just keep it moving okay this asshole matt parents doesn't want me to come to his house because you know my Parents work at a bar and like on Wednesdays, I got to do my homework at the bar at the back table because they're both working before scouts. Yeah. And yeah. when I show up at scouts, I smell like Paul Malls because, you know, <laughs> Tony Boogaloo is like hacking shit on me. But yeah. that's what I'm at scouts and my Pinewood Derby's John sucks because my dad's at the Sons of Italy, but I actually made my shit myself. And my dad didn't like, yeah. you know, yeah. make like this turbo car. Yeah. Uh, my, my, I made this stupid looking box that's half broken by myself and slapped some paint on it with a. Uh, but you, you did know, it yourself. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, we, we got ourselves around. We figured out how to get ourselves to practices. Yeah. We were we we learned how to be resourceful at a very young age because it was like, yo, mom and dad are working. I was lucky to grow up next to my grandmother, across the street from my other grandmother. Uh, my uncle in the house four houses down. My great uncle's up the street like six blocks. Both all the bartenders at the bar were like worked there for a long time. They were close friends. So if I needed a ride, I would call them sometimes and be like, hey, can you drop you? You're working at six? Okay, would you mind like swinging by at 545 and just running me up to the boys club? Yeah, great for Halloween too. Oh, solid family connect. They know you're coming. They probably prep a little more. Sorry. Halloween at Halloween at the bar in those days, (laughs) it was in that neighborhood. And you guys know there's 18 bars in that neighborhood. It was a thing where you would just go into every bar, Cannoneer, Sons, Molliteers, Eagles Club. On yeah. Halloween and go around the bar. Every bar had like a case of Snickers there for you, mm-hmm. like a big boy, mm-hmm. you know. And then every you know bar fly, you'd fleece for like a dollar. Yeah, yeah, uh, the good old days. What was your I also, da- I also ever. grew up in Wilkesburg. Yeah, we we used to trick or treat at the bars. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because they were everywhere. Just yeah. I was. It was so funny learning that not everyone trick or treated at bars. I was like, well, that why would you even go down that street? There's four bars and three churches. Like, yeah, hit them up. Yeah, hit them up. <laughs> they're, they're, the, the bars like you're going to be a future customer one day. You're going to need to get yeah. the lay of the land of this. Place. Exactly. 
you know in a in a neighborhood place like ours percent true you're like yo you want this kid to know like hey this place is cool so when they're 21 they're like yo yeah let's go yeah. over here recognition or, yeah, you got yeah, the yeah. big candy bars from there yeah 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 yep. yeah they were great the one guy he was blowing palm oil in my face but he gave me a dollar he was great <laughs> yeah how much money did you make as a kid at those bars i think my my kid comes to work and he leaves with like 12 bucks every oh time. Like, what the hell, <laughs> like we literally walk through the bar and everyone just starts throwing him money and i'm like yo give me yeah. some, give me some of that dude yeah yeah that happens at my uh, mother-in-law's salon too like i'll bring my daughter there and all the old women are like here give this to her give this to her here you go sweetie i was like don't fucking touch her don't look at her, but I'll take your money. All right, there you go. But yeah, no, dude, what was your what was your dad's like? Like after seven girls, he's like, all right, I guess I'm not getting a boy. I guess it's all girls for me. And then what? Like, you know, six years later, seven years later, you know, pops out his first son. He's like, oh, all right, that one for eight. Oh, two for nine. You know, like he must have been, I mean, he must have been a little excited to get a boy finally after like imagine living in a house with eight women no, no. i don't want we had one i had one <laughs> sister and it was the fucking worst it was the worst the worst how much anne of avonlea did you guys watch at your fucking house anna green gables all of that bullshit <laughs> duh, duh. The, the thorn birds dog the thorn birds no. yeah <laughs> you know um the way it shook out with my grandfather's generation and his brothers and sisters down to my dad's generation and their cousins all the lines went down to women and the name panico was just my dad and there was no pan there was gonna be no more panico coming out of that line of the tree yeah. And then my dad had seven girls. Oh, so they had assumed shit. that that line and that lineage, that name of the tree Panico was just going to dry up. And then yeah. my dad finally had me out of nowhere. And when my dad had me, um, his. Shout out your dad. Shoot or shoot. And uncles. Oh, dude. Big sling. <laughs> uh, my, my, my aunts and uncles threw a christening party for me with 200 people at the Warrington Country Club because the name had made it to the next generation. Oh, wow. And uh, yes, it was a huge old school Italian affair with a giant white cake and a giant, giant uh, lion stuffed animal when you came in there that said the king is born and all this oh, stuff. Oh, wow. They were just so happy that the name made it to the next generation. Dude, that's, that yeah, is so. great. That's some old school, like, Apollonia gravy tits kind of shit, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> hey! So, oh, so, wait, Chip, Chip so, how, many, how many daughters? Two. You have a son, though, sons? right? Two boys, two girls. Uh, all right, I was, I was getting ready for you to say, chance. like, six girls, straight in a row. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep firing away. Now, now the pressure's on me. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Tom, what were you going to say? Um, Is Chip your, like, birth it's certificate Al- name? No, or- it's Alfred. Alfred. Where my, does Chip come from? My government name? <laughs> nah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm named Alfred. After my grandfather, Hell that yeah. was another big, big thing with the with this getting the name to the next generation. He wanted to be the uh, first in the <laughs> phone book, or <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's oh, great. Nice. That was strong. Nice. Strong, Tommy. Good so, but so, where did Chip come from? I'm sorry. Chip comes Chip from. Chip comes from. I was born on bingo night. My mom and her friends were big bingo volunteers at State Stamps. Yep. And uh, I was born on bingo night. My mom was doing her makeup, getting ready for bingo, and she went into labor. And you guys remember the old school before they had the blotters? Yeah. They had bingo chips. Chips. Yeah. yeah. Right when they called B nine, you'd put a little chip on B nine, and they give yeah. you a bunch of, chi- and that's how you had your bingo. So they named me Bingo after Bingo 
chip. No Shut the shit. Up. Wow. Bingo night was big at St. Stan's. I remember. Bingo night. Bingo they night had the big, popping. they had the big, uh, it almost Tumblr. looked like, uh, like a, I don't know, like a, like a sign you'd had. It was like a scoreboard. Yeah, it was a yeah. huge bingo scoreboard. But anyway, so wait, your mom, she gets she her water breaks on bingo night. She's got was the she chip. at bingo night and it broke and like or she's like she's, on, I gotta she's go. not doing her makeup on the way, right? She's doing her makeup at the house. Her girlfriends yeah. are downstairs. Yeah. My dad's at the Sons of Italy playing card. Yep. <laughs> right? I'm kid number eight. My dad yeah. said, Call me when you're on the tape. Take her to the hospital. <laughs> Call me when you're on the table. <laughs> Oh, that's great wow he's like yeah it's not my first day at the rodeo so yeah, call me when you're at the table nice so okay so you did so like we said you left catholic school then you went to like the local public school for a little bit and then you know was, was that when you started playing football or when did you start playing football i played football since young age first yeah. second grade yeah so you, you did know. you play cannoneers yep yeah, Damn, we right. always had, you know, best. strong midgets. Canners is the best. But yeah, so you did, but you did like the baseball thing, the CYO basketball kind of gimmick, like the Little League and all that stuff. But really football is what you clung to, right? That became like, that's like your big one. And so you're doing the football, like you get through middle school. Did you play football in middle school? Yeah, I played up through Cannoneers through sixth grade. Yeah. Seventh grade, I couldn't make weight on Cannoneers. I had to switch over to Squires for that last year. Yeah. Uh, which you guys know because you're in the area, but that's a big rivalry. So I had yeah. to go from like, hey, yeah. um, whenever the week year before I was the captain of the Cannoneers team. Yeah. And then I had to go over to North Penn Squires and be the captain of that team. And yeah. kids that were already on Squires for like four years are like, yo, why is this key captain? And I'm like, yo, the coach made me captain. What do you want from me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I showed up and they put me but, out here. What do you want? If, if you guys remember, like, the Squires is made up with, like, Barrow kids from North Wales. Yeah. And then they'd also have, like, some whiny punks from across 202 that went to Wissahickon School District. Yeah. Oh, you had some Montgomeryville fucking noodles over there. For sure. Well, yeah. not even Montgomery. Not even Montgomeryville, because they were at least in, like... Yeah, the you're like the Gwented kind if of you go down, Yes. If, if you go down Hancock and you cross 202, that's what's yeah. the Higgins School District right there. Yeah. Dude, and, those and homes... Paint, and you'd have kids come from over there. Tom, oh. they'd invite us to their parties over there, and we were like, holy shit, dude. Don't invite yeah. any other kids from Lansdale in the trash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude, I remember... Uh, so, uh, uh, speaking of Justin, Spud told me a story one time where your dad dropped him and John, John Deary, off at a house back in, like, by the Gwinnett, like, up Hancock, you know, by in those, yeah. like, million-dollar homes back there. And your dad dropped him off in the car and was like, am I even allowed to pull up in my car, like, in this shitty <laughs> car to this house? Like, what are they thinking, you know? like Not allowed like, in the driveway. Yeah, yeah, like, that's how nice the homes are. So you're saying you're getting some whiny yups from, you know, the nice part of town over to play that are a bunch of powder puffs, right? Yeah, I had a little bit of a tough time winning those cats over. Yeah. But we had a we had a really fun time and uh we had an amazing coaching staff and we had this one old uh, older coach uh and he was from like leather helmet days. Oh, right? Badass. And he played he might have played at like I don't want to say where he I don't know if he played college or what. He was a hell of an athlete. Yeah. Older black gentleman and he yeah. was a beast and he had this he had like leather, you know, he would bring his leather helmet out. Yeah. And he rode my <laughs> he rode my ass, but he rode my ass because he liked me. I could tell that yeah. even though it was only like 13. Yeah. And then uh that was great. And then middle school, I played football at Pembroke. Nice. In eighth grade, it was the same year that J Dub mentioned 
the, the strike. Yeah. The strike year. The strike year, it did last in, like okay. eight or eight or nine weeks. Yeah. But it's he's he's right. It went into November because we went to school for like three weeks first. We went to school for like September. Yeah. And then like the last week of September, they shut it down and we were off September, all of October. And like the first week or two of November. Oh, and the next okay. thing you know, it was like Thanksgiving. And then yeah. next thing you know, it was like a blizzard in 95. Yeah. So we missed so much school that year. Oh, dude. But uh, I, I remember we had to go blizzard. to school till like, till I think the end of June, pretty much. Yeah, June 29th, I yep. think. Tom's birthday. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that because I remember yeah. like Alan's like, like we've been out of school for like, you know, we got out June 10th or June 11th or whatever. And then I remember Alan was still in school and then like you guys got out of school and then it's the 4th of July. And I'm like, oh my God, your yep. summer is like over, you know, but, but yeah. either way. So nice. So cool. So you play football all the way through middle school. You're doing well. You're liking it. Then you make the transition back to Catholic school and you went to LC Lansdale Catholic, and you started playing there. Did you play freshman ball there? Yeah, our freshman team went like 0-7. Yeah, I played freshman we got ball our there. Ass kicked. We, had a we either got our ass kicked or we were very close, and the coach would like sub in kids the that he knew was going to get – yeah, and we would like lose a game closely because we put the scrubs in. It's like, yo, let us win one. Yeah. He was trying to like teach us a lesson – and I'm like, this isn't working. Yeah, yeah we uh, had we had a lot of fun. We had a good we had a good crew. Yeah, we had. I remember when I played freshman ball. It was great. We had a decent team. We had like I think we were like uh, like five and two or something, right? Like we were pretty decent. And um, or we we had, I think we had a tie. But either way, uh, Anthony was the quarterback, Anthony Byers, and he would end up being like a starter like the next or in a couple of years. But he was really good. So we had like a decent team. And uh, we were going to play the local public school that year. And the year before the, the ninth grade team had beaten the public school team. And it was like a big thing. Shout out Finelli fan of the show, listen to the show. And, uh, but then we ended up playing them and got smoked like 42 to nothing. It was so brutal. It was awful, man. Everyone on their team scored except for us. It was like, you know, we didn't score, but every one of their people scored. So nice. So then let's get into it then. So you get into uh, LC and that's kind of really where like you've been working at the bar the whole time. Right. But then like, you're also working at the bar. You're also lifting heavy for football. Then you're also like working at the boys and girls club. And like doing all this stuff, man, like where did you find the time? Because you were like, you were just nonstop, like doing it all and like cutting all the sleeves off your T-shirt and just doing the thing. You know what I'm saying? Back then, I don't think no one, no one had the sleeves left on their T-shirts. They were gone. See you. See you. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so you're getting, uh, you're working. So like, kind of like, give us a rundown. You really hit the weights heavy and you went to like a special like guy, a lifting coach. Right. And I know Scott went to the same place, Scott Keating, and he went to the same place with him and his brother, Joe. So let me know what was that like? And how did you like, like the training for, for football at LC and like the boys club and everything? Go ahead. Uh, I always worked, like you said, through grade school. I worked a lot. I had like a 40 hour week job when I was in sixth grade, oh, always wow. working. Family was hard workers, like yeah. I touched on. My parents were always working, and I really enjoyed working at the bar. At a very young age, um, I enjoyed the immediate positive response when you brought someone good service and a good product. Uh, when I was like 14 years old, I made Steve Carlton a BL. Hey. He said, this is good, kid. And I'm like, yo, Steve Carlton. 
Carlton Lefty just told me it was good, kid. Nice. You know, and um, there was really a lot of characters in the neighborhood, and a really a lot of characters came through. My dad had a couple side hustles and uh, had a couple professional athletes like Steve Carlton, Jaws, uh, Flyers alumni. A lot of these guys would come into the bar. Uh, Larry Boa, all kinds of guys. So it was just fun. There was always action. It was a lot funner than being at home doing nothing while my parents were at work and I'm with like grandma I'm watching Nickelodeon. So as soon as I could yeah. be at the bar as much as I could, I was always over there working in the kitchen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the middle school, starting to manage adults that are in their 30s late late 20s mid 30s you know as a kid in junior high school i really just took off with it um that sort of work ethic combined with the atmosphere that was going on with c and their football team at the time that really led to me getting into working out and lifting and stuff like that yeah and um they kind of just went hand in hand both working and working out I started yeah. working at the boys and girls club with rob DeFinis. That was just sort of like a passion project that turned into a job. The Boys and Girls Club was a place where you guys know if your parents worked all the time, you yeah. could be there for cheap. It cost yeah. 20 bucks to go there for an entire year. The hours were Monday through Friday from 2 o'clock to 9 o'clock at night. You could literally yeah. be there 35 hours a week for, for 20, 20 bucks a year. Yeah, it was the – oh, and they had like – they would and like they had the leagues there for basketball and like they yeah. – they, and like – Dude, I love too. It's like it seems like all the local bars would donate stuff. Like they had a shuffleboard in there that was fucking awesome, right? The yep. shuffleboard was off the charts. They had ping pong, they had pool, right? But then they had like two bumper gyms. The, oh, bu bumper bowl, and they had like Fire. oh, they had all that stuff. They had like I hated their court. Room. I hated their basketball oh, their court. court. The, the, court. the new one. Remember? Did you the, the ever tile see the, like, the tiles? The tiles. Yeah, oh. it was like they you bounce the ball of central. No, but there were so many dead spots. You're like bouncing the ball. The ball just like, like what is happening here? But it was fun. It was fun because it was like just like it was a, an eclectic group of people. But so okay, so you're hanging out like hey, Chip, what? Sorry, go at, ahead, Tom. At, at the bar, um, any there's there, we we got at the bar I work at. There's so many different characters, and there's a lot of different nicknames. You got any uh any memorable nicknames of the uh the people that used to hang at uh oh, at the bar when you were younger? Well, it was Molotiers when you were a kid, right? Oh yeah, I keep oh, a million of them. Do you remember the softball? Sorry to interrupt. Do you, uh keep going? Sorry, I'll ask you this later. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, yeah, go, Nick, go Nick, nicknames, one of the best nicknames and one of the best characters that hung in volunteers was a guy named Johnny Flowers. Johnny, Johnny Flowers, right? Johnny Florentino. Johnny Florentino. We call him Johnny Flowers. Johnny Florentino was best friends with my dad the entire time coming up uh, to the point where, you know, he would always tell me a story that him and my dad, they stole a bottle of Canadian club from the bar when they were nine, drank it on my, underneath my grandmom's back porch and drank themselves sick uh, <laughs> when they were nine years old, splitting a bottle of Canadian club and throwing up. And he probably drank a bottle of Canadian club every day thereafter for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, dude, classic grifter, hustler. Him and my dad had a lot of side hustles. They did a lot of promotions with sports cards, sports memorabilia, and sports card shows in the 80s and 90s. 
Yeah. Oh, really? And he hung at the track a lot and he dressed like he was a grifter and he drove cars <laughs> that a drifter would drive and he blasted in four packs of cigarettes a day. And he, he lived around here through like mid 80s and then he moved out to Vegas and he managed a sports book called the Hacienda in Las Vegas. What? For maybe like 15 years and then maybe 10 years. And then when I was about 15, no, I was about 13 or so, a little bit younger, 12 years old. He moved back into town and him and my dad just kind of picked up where they left off. That's when they were getting into these car shows and shit when I was like 12, 11, 12, 13 years old. And we'd nice. be going all over the state, uh, South Jersey, Delaware, North Jersey, yeah. running baseball card shows where we would have like 100 baseball card vendors in there that would spend like $100, $200 on the table to sell their wares. And then we would hire in professional athletes to come in and sign autographs and then everybody that comes in they get five dollars door charge and if you want to get the autograph that costs you eight bucks and if you don't have anything to get autographed my dad had like 150 ron jaworski eight by ten glossies that you oh, bought for 10 bucks yeah. uh, that you know you know you sell on there and then me and rob the fittest we used to go and carry all the shit you know we'd wake up five in the morning go with my dad my dad would close down the bar. Well, he would work till maybe like 11, come home, get a couple hours sleep, wake up five in the morning. We'd go do this. We'd take whatever he was selling and we were selling in a couple station wagons with Johnny Flowers and we'd set all this shit up. And then for doing all the legwork, me and the finish, we would get a table in his card show. We had a ton of shit and we didn't have the overhead that like a grown male would have. We were like 13, 14 years old. So we would maybe pull in a couple hundred bucks on a Saturday at these shows. Damn. They would tell... They would teach us all kinds of little grip. Like if I was selling a baseball card and somebody was looking at it on the other side of my table, Johnny Flowers would come behind that customer and he would say, oh, what's that? Uh, Griffey rookie, 40 bucks. Oh, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. The other guy's selling it for four, for, for 55 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. You were, you know? They yeah. were working on and, and, and he would teach us like works. And um, Johnny Flowers. Yeah. Shout out. Johnny Flowers was a wild character. I could tell you a million more. You guys are familiar with Bubba Defendants. We could spend the whole Yeah, show I know. Dude, Bubba, Bubba was my mentor. He taught me how to bartend. He was my, but, and Burn knows him too. When I first, and I think I told you this when you were on the show before. But yeah, Bub was like, he's the fucking man, dude. He got me in at Vinny's and at Vinny T's. And he was like, dude, just such a good dude. Taught me a lot. Really nice guy. And like kind of looked was, out for me. Really awesome. He dude. was he was such a pro, dude. Yeah. Like he was one of those dudes Most who like pro. that that he looked crisp. He looked sharp. Like Fierce. he was one of those dudes who was like, You're showing up to work. You better look like you're supposed to be there. Like yeah. he uh he taught he was a very much a not cut corners guy. He'd be like, No, can't cut the corners. The corners are what matter. You know, it's yeah. the, the devil's in the detail. Yeah, I remember Bubs. I haven't talked about Bubs in a long time, but he was a good dude. Yeah, really cool. I didn't know him nearly as well as you. He was, uh, I remember one of the big things he was, he said it was a dollar a minute. He's like, every time, for every minute I talk to this guy, I'm getting a dollar, right? So, like, he was huge on, like, striking up the conversation. And, Chip, you probably know this. He was great at creating a conversation at the bar, right? Where it's like, you got one guy here, one guy there. They don't know each other from Adam, right? But you start with the one guy, you get the other guy going, then you get the other guy going, then you're out of the picture. They're all having a great time having drinks and leaving money and, and, you know, hanging out. And he was like the master at that. And just like getting, you know, turning things over. He could work well, but he was, Burn was right, appearance, he was massive. He's like, you got to be shaved. Your hair's got to be good. You got to be a nice shirt. Like you can't be wearing no wrinkled shirt. You got to be crisp, clean, looking sharp. And it, dude, like... He wasn't wrong. He was, yeah, he knew what he was doing. But yeah, 
So yeah, Bubs, Bubs is a ledge. Bubs is a total ledge, big time. But yeah, no. So one lesson. Go. One lesson. One lesson that Bubba taught me of many, of many, was it was the night that Cal Ripken broke the Ironman record. Right? It was a Sunday night. He broke the Ironman record. It was me, Bubba, Johnny Flowers were in a bar. I was in the kitchen by myself, like already at that age, junior high school. Yeah. On a Sunday night in the summer, I was by myself in the kitchen all night. Yeah. Um, and I had like everything turned off. I was just waiting till the end of that game for the fireworks to go next door to my grandma. I was going to take my shower and go to bed. Yeah. And the guy came in, unkempt a little bit, ordered a mug of who knows what at that time. There was no micro brews or any of that bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Cream. Let's mug. say Jenny Cream. Dude, got his, mu- got his mug of bush or whatever. And uh, he's like, order, order mozzie sticks. And I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. I had to go back there. Fryers were turned off, but they were still hot. So I had to turn them all, wait like two minutes from the heat back up to temp, make the mozzie sticks, do them. Then I had to wipe the, the serving board again, all that shit, bring them out. Yeah. Take the, take the spaghetti sauce out of the refrigerator, take a Dixie cup, put it in the microwave, you know, all that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And um clean the microwave. I brought him out and dude, because it's because it's splattered. Yeah. Right. And I'm working <laughs> with my grandma. My grandma's in there at six in the morning. She comes in, she, she she inspects me. That's why I'm good now, because she would come in and see what I did wrong the night before, and she'd be the first one to heckle me the next morning. Hmm. So yeah, clean the microwave off of the splatters, familiar. all that shit to make this guy a, a three dollar order of Monty sticks. I said, Bubba, what a PNS for three dollars for Monty sticks. He said, Chipper. Listen, you don't always make a million dollars. Sometimes you just put the money in the cash. It's just your job to put the money in a cash register because you got to just pay bills, man. You got to pay the lights. You got to pay the gas. You got to pay all that shit. You got to put money in the register. Once the bills are paid, then you make money. And yeah. little jobs lead to big jobs. You make so somebody true. like a cheeseburger really good or Steve, you know, Steve Carlton, you make them out of this world BLT, you'll never know where that's going to lead down the line. Fuck yeah. Dude, Dude, that is so true. I say 100%. that to people like when they're first starting. I said, look, the most important thing is what goes in this register. The more money in that register, the more money we all make. In the Because, you know, in the bar, especially people think like, oh, I, I got to give a drink to this person to make them feel, you know, or I got to, it's like, no, no, you, you got to put the money in the register. Damn right. That's how we all get money. The more in there, the more you're going to get. Yeah. Don't be giving away the bar. God damn. And oh, I mean, that's a good lesson. Yeah. No, that's a great lesson. Hell awesome. No. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out, Bubs. You still Fucking into nice. a, you still in the cards or anything like that? Because they made a huge comeback the last couple of years. I mean, cards is like, is out of control po- right Pokemon now. Pokemon is like the big gimmicks now, right? The, the old, no, even cards. sports. All sports cards, man. All, all it's really big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People got really bored during the pandemic and <laughs> just started f- buying things online. But yeah, the, the sports card and memorabilia industry right now, I think is hotter than it's probably been in like 20, 25 years. Because oh, um, now the companies realize that, you know, like every, like you said, everybody gets a Ken Griffey rookie card. But then when you realize like, oh, fuck, 80,000 of these? Mm-hmm. Shit, that's not worth that much. So the card companies are much more discerning now, too. About, right. Like, they're not mass producing so much so there is rarity and there is value and it wasn't always like like a, a bad game but there was some there are some guys you look back on and be like why is his rookie card so cheap it's just like because tops made nine of the different ones and fleer yeah. made 10 different ones and upper deck made seven of them and everybody has one or two of them who's interested so like yeah. well you're right tommy it's 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 hit a real um i mean we're selling fake things like nfts and stuff so yeah of course <laughs> something you can actually hold in your hand is gonna uh, you know yeah, be a little more verifiable. Well, because yeah. I just I remember 
going to uh was it Lansdale Sports Cards? I love yeah. that place. I, I loved time. going there and looking at all the cards and like because they Matt, I don't think they had that in California when we were there. Mm-hmm. And so that was like kind of the culture of coming to like a suburb of Philadelphia and just yeah. like sports in general and the East Coast vibe. It just meant more. And so yeah. all that stuff meant more here. And it was like you know, we got into that world and it was like, oh, this is awesome. This is so cool. Like the stuff that we like is more important here. But I, I didn't know if that uh, the guy uh, Flowers involved mm-hmm. or your dad with Lansdale Sports Card. I remember I used to collect pennant. Remember? I had a ton yeah. of pennants. Yeah. My whole room was covered in pennant. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So cool. no, my, my dad, my dad wouldn't buy off of uh, Lansdale cards or Don's. Don's discount cards was the other one. My okay. dad would buy off a wholesaler uh, out of Hat Arrow, mm-hmm. and he would also buy a lot of factory direct stuff. Like my dad, if he was buying something, he would buy. He wouldn't buy a box. He wouldn't buy a pack. He wouldn't buy a box. He would buy a case. Yeah. <laughs> And then he would he he would break that case apart and make set. And then he would sell the single. And then whatever fell off, whatever crumbs fell off his table, I collect. And then that's what I would sell. Because what do I give a shit? Like my like like common cars that were falling off my dad's table. So do you guys remember they would make like grab packs? Yeah. Where like yeah. the front would be like the front card was Jose Canseco. The yeah. back card was Ricky Henderson. The 25 cards in the middle were worth like a penny. We're, so <laughs> the whole thing, yeah, yeah. we're trash. Yeah. We're trash, right? So I would I would sell that for a buck. I would have 25 cards for a buck. Because these were literally just like crumbs that fell off my dad's yeah. table. They were just commas that he didn't give a shit about. Yeah. So I would bag them up in a little bag. I'd put a piece of tape on it so they couldn't open them up. The front was Ricky Henderson. The back was Jose Canseco. It's a buck. It's a buck. So there are grown men there shopping for things. And they're looking for shit to buy their kids to shut them up. Yeah. Right? So that's what we call a come on. That's like, come on over to my table. I got grab bags for a buck. Here, kid, five grab bags. They get sorted cards for, for five or eight bucks. While right. you're yeah, but, here. Right, but they don't care how much they're while worth. They're here. They have a hundred cards now. They have a hundred no, cards. Yeah. The hundred cards that, that, is the that value. That's all that matters. Dude, yeah. I would take the 40 bags from the bar. You need a bag, sir? Here, your kid can open all these up right now. Fuck around with them. You can throw them in this bag. Take the 40 bags, brown bags from the bar. Give them a fucking bag. Give the kid a bag. There you go. And then yeah. I would have a case where I would have cards that were nicer that I bought with all these dollars, two dollars that I saved up. And uh, Chip, Chip, how much did you charge them for the forties bags? <laughs> dude, a dime, yeah. dime, son. So you know, I'm not into cards anymore. Cards is different now. Cards is like Burns. He was saying it's like limited edition stuff. Yeah. You get yeah. a pack. Of, you get a pack of cards. There's like five baseball cards. Yep, it's you know? crazy now. My and brother hoping, got into it. So weird. Yeah, you're you're hoping for subsets. You're trying to get all subsets, They're or you're trying so to get a expensive. Wow, it's wild. Single it's wild. pack of cards, forty dollars. A case, yeah. six hundred dollars for yeah. football cards. You're like with no guarantee, yeah. no guarantees. No guarantees. But you're, you're you're hoping you get a piece of Tom Brady's jersey in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, so right. those six hundred dollar packs will have a guaranteed jersey in it, but it doesn't guarantee the player. It could be Andre Dillard. And you're like, oh, right. <laughs> I got Andre Reno Mahe's jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I got a yeah, but, car, yeah. Cards it's are be- different now. For sure. Yeah. Because like that. So now they just they destroy whatever's not sold at the end of the season, they destroy all of it. And then whatever's been sold is all that exists. And they keep track of those numbers. So there is, oh, is that true? Limited, they, yeah. they destroy them? Panini, right? Is it Panini? Yeah, That's the, Panini, yeah. yeah. They destroy everything that isn't sold in their factory. You can't buy after a certain date. 
Once Ooh. they print, so, start printing the new ones, that's it. So there's only so many Luka Doncic uh, rookies, you know? Right. Ooh, where like where Derek Jeter, where everyone's like, oh, a Derek Jeter rookie's got to be worth a lot. Yeah. No, there's 12 million Derek Jeter rookie cards. Yep. They're worth $7. Every oh, company wow. made seven different ones. Pinnacle made yeah. six of them. Upper Deck made five of them. Yeah. Fleer Don made Russ. 12 of them. Yeah. 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 So well, that's you the, just have the, to the, buy all 12 million of them. Yeah. The, <laughs> that's the idea. I mean, the 90s the flooded the market. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so that was so the mistake they made. While. And that's why yeah, for a while. it was there and then it disappears. And they're like, what happened to the cards? You know? Yeah. Flooded the market. But it makes sense now that it's back as a profitable thing because it's a like now that market flood is 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 gone. You know what I mean? And yeah. so now you're starting from scratch. As long as they're Jada, I did not know that. I did not know that burnt their stock yeah. at the end of the year. That's I've got a, a gimmick. feeling. What a strong gimmick, though. I yeah. I got a feeling Johnny Flowers had this groundwork yeah. laid out, and they're that's just a come on right there. That's a Johnny Flowers. Uh, Buy this pack, or else I'm going to light it on fire. Nice. Maybe it's worth a bunch of money. So, all right. So let's get back Dude, to let me, so- tell you, let, let me tell you. Let me Go tell you. Let me tell you. Johnny Flowers, the one summer he moved back from uh, Las Vegas was the same summer my dad moved off of Cannon Avenue and bought his house in Upper Gwinnett with like an acre of land and a pool and shit. And Johnny Flowers, for like four months, moved back home, lived with his sister. And he was like the caretaker. We, my grandfather joked, you're the caretaker because all he did for four months was like sun himself at our pool, walk around with flip-flops, just blasting cigarettes and, and slamming drinks all day. <laughs> and it was just like, how does Johnny Flowers, like Johnny Flowers doesn't need a job, man. You know, and like in like fifth, fourth grade, I realized I'm like, no, Flowers is a G, man. Like, uh, yeah. he don't do <laughs> shit all did, day, but sun himself. Did basically, I mean, we don't, I don't know if you want to cut, but basically, did your dad and Johnny Flowers have a book or something like that? Is that what's going on here? No, my dad was a horrible gambler. He never ran a book. He just had another a uh, hundred other million side things going on. Oh, okay. uh, but Johnny no, Flowers my dad never ran a book. Flowers seems like a yeah, guy that had my, a book, you know? Oh, hell yeah. He was doing whatever he could to grab one, dude. Flowers doesn't sound like the guy who ran a book. He sounds like the kind of guy who knew who brought people to the book. Like Flowers <laughs> sounds like, like I'm not sure to do too much work here, okay? I, I have tanning in a little while, but I'm going to get, I'm going to run, I'm, I'm going to walk three fish into this place and uh, you guys I'll bring are going to go. Yeah. I'll bring you customers. I just get to keep the big. Yeah. John, right. John, Johnny Flowers came home and coincided my dad changing the bar from an Italian restaurant to a sports bar with all those TVs and NFL Sunday tickets. And he was the first guy anyone around here to have like eight satellite dishes and every single game one out, which is yeah. now very common. But in 1993, unheard of, very man. rare. Unheard and, of. And for maybe like 10 years, that was unheard of, to be perfectly honest with you. For like 10 years, I'm talking like 25 box TVs in the place. And a very <laughs> intricate cable system to run it all. Right now, it's very easy to do that. But uh he was the first one on that, and we had a lot of gamblers in the bar on Saturdays and Sundays because of that. And we had a, we had a, a system that faxed us like every day. It faxed you every single game you could possibly get on Direct TV, and we had an old school big satellite and all this shit. It came from a sports book service, so you could say like, "Oh, I want to see like UTEP versus uh, you know Nevada North State. Texas." <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Where's that on? Oh, it's over here on, on G487 on the big dish. Okay. I know I get Squires Cannoneers. The game's at three o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. So, okay. So, let's Chip, keep... Chip oh, over under on coaxial splitters that existed. Those little, those little things. <laughs> oh, that would have, uh, dude. In that, in that bar. Dude, I'm going to say, uh, say ABC? 150 over under. Uh, yeah. Yeah. ABC? Dude, we had at least 50 of those things, man. Uh, the wiring must have been insane. Is it on A, B, or C? Is it on A, B, or C? It's on C. Put C. Program C. It's a big satellite channel, G87, so they can watch the Calgary Stampede versus the Quebec Argonauts or whatever. You know, oh, my God, man. Like, but yeah. Dude, that's crazy. They were way ahead of the fucking game then. For sure. You know, way ahead of the game. My my dad when when the um like like at the, at the beginning of NFL.com, you could go on there and you could register yourself as a team bar. Like this yeah. is your team bar. Yeah. The team bar for the Detroit Lions in Philadelphia area is Molliteers Cafe in, in North Canada Avenue, Lansdale, PA. So he had my mom do that for every single team. We were registered as the Bengals bar. This <laughs> and you, you wouldn't get a ton of people. But, you know, the more popular teams, you'd get in. You'd get, like, eight Steelers fans if they were good. You'd get two two people every week for the Lions. You'd get a couple of lesbians that came in every single week for the Browns when the Browns came back. This is going into the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Big fan of Tim Couch. <laughs> you know, exactly, dude. They were great. Derek you know, Anderson. And, you know, so we would put it would put different people in our place. And then once they're there, it's uh, that would drag them in. But once they're there, it's up to you to perform like great service and give them a good product. Yep. So then you got them on the hook all the time. Yep. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not worth and, the damage. They don't come back. Was, you know, yeah. no, no. It's like, we want to be your place. So, yeah. you know, every week it would be different, but we had a steady following and that's how people would find us. And then it was, mm-hmm. you know, Oh shit, we live in Horsham. Well, we can go over here and watch the Browns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had one couple that came in for years. Browns. And Ugh. we, we evolved, we evolved through that. And, uh, he had a big sports book. Like you said, we had a co-room in there with two telephones and this is pre cell phone. This is pre FanDuel, any of that shit. So you're on the phone calling it in. Jesus. Yeah. He, he, he had two phones that were just open for customer use to take care of their business. You <laughs> nice. know, his, his game was beer. He didn't get into running a book. His game was Chip, beer. He didn't, Chip, he didn't mind pay, a book being run out of it. Were they books good for business back then? What was were that, Brian? Phones? Were they pay phones? <laughs> no, no, dude. They, See, that's, got, cus- got like, that's customer service. That's yeah. Yeah. Not even pay phones. Two set up landlines. You don't need to have a bag. Because I've seen the guy with the bag full of quarters, too. But uh, that's, that's nah, customer dude, service we, right there. We had, two landlines. we had two landlines. They had their own number, separate from the bar number. And then we also did have a pay phone out in the vestibule. And this is from a guy that was so cheap, we didn't even have Paul waiting in our house. <laughs> <laughs> With seven girls. With seven yeah, girls. Yeah. Oh, my God, the phone bill. I got, I can't blame him that. Seven girls. I mean, seven daughters. The phone bill has to be, oh, my God. Back that's, then, the real, that's the real difference between customer service, right? A lot of guys have three phones in their bar. Chip's dad knew that, yeah, but two of them have to be free. Yeah. Okay. Trust me. It's going to be okay. We don't need, we don't need, we don't need the cord. We're, we're doing something different here. Yeah. Yeah. We've ever game. Nice. So, all right. So let's keep moving then. So Chip, you're coming into like your senior year and you're hanging out at the boys club. You would get injured your senior year playing football. And then that's when Scott would come in. Right. And he told us that story on his episode. Shout out to you a lot. Even on the LC round table about being a mentor and looking out for him and stuff. 
but that's something you kind of always did. And like, even when you're at the boys and girls club, there'd be times when you're like, you know, hanging out with like, you kind of took like the less privileged kids and like kind of took them under their wing and stuff like that. So do you remember a couple of times like at the boys and girls club when you would hang out with like maybe the kids that didn't have as much as the other kids? Yeah. Boys club. As we affectionately called it, but the boys and girls club, as it's known, uh, there was a lot of kids there. It it was a mixed bag, man. Mixed bag. You had kids there whose parents were on the board there that were maybe like a little bit more affluent every once in a while. You had kids there that were like middle of the road, like me. I had some pretty good parents and, and a solid family life, but their parents are just working all the time so it's a it's positive place for kids like the catchphrase was when we were kids you know positive place for kids you'd be in there a it's air conditioned yeah okay lansdale in the summer when you're living in a row home on Cannon avenue with little old italian ladies that are running their air conditioning it's or your options are that or being in the kitchen at a bar anytime you have the opportunity to be in the air conditioner of the boys in your own club you're there Damn so right. as soon as i could start riding my bike checking myself in there that's where i was with my free time it's in the neighborhood and uh, i started spending a lot of time there as a kid like i said to be a mixed bag there'd be middle of the road kids and then there'd be some kids who came from some pretty checkered backgrounds and yeah. you know it's a uh, a lot of social services programs run through the Boys and Girls Club. So there's a lot of kids that that's maybe the most positive, safest place for them to be at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so I saw that as a kid with friends of mine that were there. I had the opportunity, like you guys did too, to spend a lot of time with older kids there. Kids that were older than me, Jody Johnson, Jake Dawson, John Algio, uh, Sean Moser. These guys, when I looked at them when I was in junior high, they were the Jack kids playing ball. They had their names in the papers. Yeah. They were blasting me in the face with dodgeballs. Yeah. And they were taking me under their wing and letting me do stuff there. They were giving me responsibilities there at the club. And I started doing some volunteering at the club. And they eventually asked me to work there. And that was a great opportunity because I was already working at the bar. I knew hard work. Working at the boys club was cake compared to working at the bar. I've been working at the bar hard as hell. Yeah. for years already and i'm like oh you want me to, you want to pay me the same thing like, my dad pays me to shoot hoops and play dodgeball yeah 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 right yeah my, my dad is literally like making me carry bus buckets of plates and shit around they're heavy as hell yeah that i have no i have no right carrying at the age of like 14 but uh, you want me to like you know <laughs> He had you put a fryer on top of the basement stairs, right? And that's how, you know, just be careful when you go down there. Don't let the fryer spill on you, right? Yeah, don't let the, don't let the fryer drip on the back of your shoulders when you run down the steps to get something. Yeah. So we started working at the Boys and Girls Club and, um, you know, I don't know what it was, but some kids there that you see, you know, you're in high school, you see kids that are 8, 10, 11 years old. Yeah. Some of their parents are a little rough now yeah. you're becoming a little bit more aware of your surroundings you're like oh wow like i know this guy's mom and or dad from x y or z tavern in town they're there like five nights a week late night this kid maybe yeah. needs a little extra attention over here a little positivity a little something yeah. pushing them a little bit in, in a good way uh and some kids have really hard stories so yeah. in those days in the 90s it wasn't there were no background checks there were it was a lot less of that a lot less things to be worried about maybe or a lot less things on the news to be worried about so it would be nothing for us to like take some of these kids on the weekends and hey this kid was good in the club for like a week or two 
we're going to shoot them out to the movies. We're, you know, we're going to, this, yeah. this, maybe it's like a little tough for mom or dad to get them to the movie, buy them a popcorn, buy them a milk bud, get them a cherry Coke. And for you me, know, I always, I always had money in my pocket because I was always working. So I didn't take that for granted. I'm like, you know, let's put a little bit back in. I've always saw my dad, my grandparents, like Tom said, a lot of neighborhood charity yeah. comes out of a bar. Yeah. Okay. A lot of neighborhood charity comes out of a bar. I've had yeah. as an adult, people come up, a woman come up to me in a wheelchair and sure had a MS. And she said, you know, when your dad had, this is as, as a man, as a grown man, like five, six years ago, she came over to me at Manson Corpus Christi. She said, you know, your dad used to let me do beef and beers at the bar and, you know, whatever it was, 20 bucks. And he was going to keep 10 bucks and I was going to keep 10 bucks for yeah. when, when, when she first started getting sick. And she's like, at the yeah. end of the night, your dad would just let me keep all the money. You know, he let me just keep everything, whatever they, uh, whatever they took in. And I was like, yeah, he never mentioned that. He never will boast about that. I did not know who this woman was. We did a million beef and beers in there. We did a million hustles oh. and shit for sure, but you know, I was like, "Damn, man!" And he wasn't doing. Your old man wasn't doing it to get recognition. He was doing it because it was the right thing to do. That's a fucking. Yeah, that's a true like neighborhood like good fucking dude, man. That's all. And he like he knew he didn't have everything, but he was happy with what he had, and like he looked out for other people that were less fortunate. That's a real fucking dude. That's, that's awesome. a legend move right there. Yeah, big time. I would say so. Dude, it makes got to make you feel good, Chip. Yeah, yeah man. and this lady come up. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, that's that's the shit that you got to do if you want to be a. Yeah, you know, if you want everybody in your hood to be like, yo, this fucking guy, this fucking guy over here has got a big fucking heart yeah. you know i love that bar i was in that bar all the time as a kid my dad was on the men's softball team and i loved it in there the characters <laughs> what, team? what team was he on the I, it was to be the early 90s they won like five or six championships in a row it would have been like 90 to like 94 i guess do you remember anybody do you remember anybody else's name on that team there was moon cube there was this dude, oh, Matt. Fuck. Uh, my, my, team. my dad was Brad. Uh, um, you guys, you guys played with Timmy Panoff. Yeah, he was the pitcher, fuck right? Yeah. Is yeah. it a softball team? Or? Yeah, it was a men's softball yes. team. My dad took it dead serious. Yeah, dude, softball's no joke, man. People Hell fucking. Yeah. We we had two teams at that point, and your dad was on that team with Timmy Panoff and Moon. And uh, my dad had like Moon sweet, Moon in nineteen jerseys for them. Yeah, the maroon the the maroon uh, Maltiers jerseys. Moon in nineteen ninety. Had a 75 inch television, and they took me to his house to like see it. That was it. That's what we did that day. My dad, wow. like, my parents were separated, and he's like, I'm taking you to go see Moon's TV. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, it's it's humongous. <laughs> it, it was to this day the biggest thing I think I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> we just walked in. Moon lived a lot. Like he used to, um, you know, God bless Moon. He was a fucking good man. And uh, his wife had passed away, and he just lived alone at, at the point, and he had the biggest fucking tv yo. Yeah. it was like the size of the living room the whole like the you know how the back would stick out yeah like the old like it was one piece yeah incredible bro, bro my guy's still playing softball in, in like 65 and up. Still? to this in? day yeah damn shout out god i haven't Move. seen him since i was like 12 <laughs> how many like, like like a couple years ago a couple years ago we were having the thanksgiving day flag football games with lc in north penn yeah. And the last one, Moon came out. Moon came out freaking amazing. I'm like, what's up, Moon? Because you know, <laughs> he played in like 71. <laughs> he, looked, he, looked, he looked like a, I mean, in my memory, you know what I mean? Like, he looks like an old man to me when I was like 
10. Probably was. You he know? Was a good dude. That was a that was a fun team, man. That was a fun team. They would come in for crab leg dinners and they would hang for the bands and shit. And um those were like, you know, the good times of the neighborhood. My dad would have like cookouts out on the front sidewalk for them. And yeah. Um, yeah I would sit in there and play darts all day. I loved it. This is before adults were pre-consumed with all their kids bullshit travel teams and stuff like that. And men actually <laughs> did shit with other men. Yeah. Yeah. Men's leagues and all that. Yeah. That shit definitely took a dive for sure. But yeah, yeah. now these guys are just sitting around on Zoom calls recording themselves. Yeah, no, just no. <laughs> Talk so, about how their dads used to do cool shit. So <laughs> let, yeah. So let's keep it going. Um, so you would end up graduating high school and stuff and everything like that. But you would, you know, you really kind of worked at the bar, which it was Molleteers then. Now it's called Panicos. And we'll have a link in the description for the bar. If you haven't been there, it's a great fucking spot. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, John Bell used to call it the corral because that's where he would get his chick called it the corral. <laughs> wow. Love it. Yeah. The, yeah. the ceiling to that place, the the gold ceiling. Son, just we all shot under the gold ceiling. A beautiful right. thing. I've never seen it anywhere else. Every time I like forget it exists and I walk in there every five years or something, I'm like, oh, it's a beautiful yeah. sight. And I'll the barrels what, of peanuts. The uh, can I can I give there, it a if, go ahead, Chip. Go ahead. If, if there's an episode name, it, it should be "We All Shine Under the Gold Ceiling." Love it. Thing. All right, there is now. Yep, there is damn now. right. Tom, what were you gonna say? I, uh, you know, I just want to give them a shout out because when all the shit was going down a couple years ago and we were all shut down and stuff, they were they were one of the ones fighting to stay open, and so. As a bar that was doing that, I appreciated that effort uh, going forward because we just wanted to work, and it was yeah. nice to see other places that uh, were saying, yeah. "Hey, we're 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 gonna do what we're gonna." Do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom, that was great. an amazing night. That was an amazing night. That was the night for Thanksgiving. Yes, Thanksgiving yes, Eve. It was when the That's governor right. shut us all down on Thanksgiving yep. Eve, and my brother said, "No, I'm not yeah. shutting down for a second time. I'm not breaking any laws, but I'm not going to follow your mandate." Yeah, and Action News came out, and Action News was parked there from four o'clock until midnight. We were the lead story at four thirty, five thirty, six thirty, and eleven o'clock news. The lead oh, story was must have been great Tavern business for the boss. Robert Panico. Shout out Jim Gardner. He crushed. He Shout crushed Jim after Gardner. that. Oh, dude! I mean, it's already <laughs> well, you the know busiest what? night of the year, and you fucking then you got like publicity you can't pay for coming there. Come on. Are you They're the only show too? in town. The yeah. cops are outside, so it has a dangerous feel to it. Oh, and that's I mean, what the guests were. Well, you know what? It was, it was, you know, it, it's a shame because it was so it, it took guts, and I appreciated yeah. that, you know. And so it, it took a lot of guts to do that because you're gonna be putting yourself out there for ridicule. Mm -hmm. But you know, at the end of the day, what we've always said is we're not forcing anyone to be, you know what yeah. I mean? These people yeah. are doing what they want to yeah. do, yeah. and you got to see actually a lot of the support that you had. Yeah. And uh, it's it, it was a tough time, and uh, I'm just glad that I'm, I was you know to to be I was following along because we were we were like dude they're doing it there they're doing it you like what you know what are we gonna do? And it's funny you see certain places that weren't doing it now. Unfortunately, some of them are out of business, and you know the guys that actually said you know you know what we're gonna stay we're gonna we're gonna do it you know what I mean it was, because we don't have another choice we have to do it yeah and yeah you know if it, it was said cool. best yeah if, uh when dancing is outlawed only outlaws will dance damn right shout out <laughs> you Pete 
son of a fan of the show. Listen to the show. God, I love Dude, it. Dude, I just if want you, to say I respect it. I like it. Thank you, man. Thank you. You can put a link to that interview from ABC News uh, in the description. That was amazing, man. And I was freaking, you know, I, I admire my brother and uh, always have. We are different. We have a totally different management style. We both completely bust our ass. We built successful businesses in our own industries. And I, I really admire a lot about him. And uh, he was always a good dude. I really admired him. I really admired him for doing that. Hell yeah. My brother is low-key biggest heart you've ever met as well. He does so much shit for people. And he, he and he doesn't say shit about shit, man. He well, just wants you to know, work, take care of his family, and that's it. Yeah. Go ahead, Burn. I, I think I think you hit on something there too of just like um when you pour your heart and soul into something, right? You care about it, but it also means like you've surrounded yourself with good people. You've you have a staff you've put together that you like, you have people who've been working for you forever, you have people who depend on you. Right. And so yeah, the whole pandemic thing happened. I remember I remember bartending uh the Saturday before uh St. Patrick's Day with like we had no masks, we had rubber gloves on because everyone was like, we don't know. And then two days later, Pennsylvania shut the whole thing down. Um yep. and and so that happened and everybody was like, well, better be safe, better be safe than sorry. And then you go to a year or two years later and you're like, listen, I can't, this is not a, a, a for the most part, a business where people are stashing their 401k or, you know, like have stock in the company they work for. These are people who are working mm -hmm. for cash for their checks to pay their bills. Yeah. There's, they, they don't get a severance. They don't get a uh, no. PTO. You know, PTO. <laughs> they don't get people working yeah. for the people. Right. Um, so yeah, as a business owner, how long can you watch these people that you've built your whole business around suffer and just go like, you know, I, people gotta get paid, man. I gotta pay these people. And right? now these people need to get paid. They agree. Now it's easier to say two years ago, the night before Thanksgiving, that was a very difficult decision because yeah, yeah like we were saying, sure. there was a lot of scrutiny coming your way. There's going to be a lot of people talking a lot of shit. Yeah. saying this or that and so to have the guts to do it and i know a lot of local bars that were like hell yeah and it, and it gave other bars some strength to yeah. say this is what we're gonna you know we're, we're not gonna take this you know what you tell us to we can do you know we know well, just, what we can do yeah. you can't save the you can't save the industry if only one place is doing it you know right. and so it's important to see like you know you, you can do this and yeah you may take some heat but guess what uh I bet Panico's is still open right now. I bet yeah. they're, I bet, they I bet they're killing it. And so. they're thriving. And they're the, thriving. Poker the poker machines are blinking. The poker oh, machines are blinking. Man. That's another thing. When you're able to get the machines at the fucking place. Oh, my God. In the, the bar. first time I saw someone I gambling at a Sunoco, man. I was just like, what? What are you doing? What are, you, what are you doing gambling? You can't buy beer here, but you can gamble away your whole fucking paycheck. There is a gas station at the I've end of my street outside of York, PA, uh, that you can play slots and buy bait. All right? <laughs> they sell beer. They have like a... Yeah, nobody bars. likes you yeah. and everybody hates you. But like, you I'm like, I'm like, so you're telling me I can go to the exact same gas station that is like, some of you are playing slots. Some of you are on your way to fish in the <laughs> scenic Susquehanna River. We have whatever you need. And it's not a high-end place. I'm just like, what the what a what a world we live in. What a I can world. go get myself a, a white claw and a, and a pepperoni twirl and uh, <laughs> some grubs and then go see if I can right. get those cherries to line up. Like all Chip, I have, one. A I have a few important questions I have to ask all you. All right. It's time. Yeah. Here we go. We're gonna make a this bunch is, of questions. This is the J Dub question segment. Let's go, Jalen it's a new Chip part of the show we're introducing where it's a random question from Jalen Dub, Justin Richardson. Jalen Dub, 
Ask away, sir. Can I can I can I ask one question before you ask your question? No, no questions are asked before Justin's question. Yeah, I want to know your question. How uh, many how many questions do you have? I have three. Okay, okay, that's Nothing all. Crazy. I'm not getting weird. No, I, I like just it. a few baselines. Yeah, I didn't Chip, know. Is what's it your X Men power? Uh, uh, right. on. I don't know. Chip, this is the okay. first ever time we're doing this. Let's try it's not to interrupt weird. this segment a hundred times. <laughs> so, Justin, you got three questions. Chip, we need three answers from you. Let's go, Justin. Chip, what's your X Men power? Jean Grey. Oh, that's a bold choice. Jean Grey. She has both Whoa, telekinetic. She has some both telekinetics and telekinesis. Wow. Yeah, dude, she that was shit. Right, right, right away. You, you can you do everything that with that. Before. And yeah. and also incredible hair. So oh, shout out. Overlook that. I mean the. The Man, Phoenix Saga was my my least favorite part of the animated series, but it's still a dominating power. Yeah. It's a good it's a good I answer. I like it. I uh, my, uh, my, my ringtone to my four best friends is the uh, my brother and my is the X Men. Is is there a better song? Then uh, Bob Seger still the same? Yes, Jerry Rafferty, right down the line. That, is good. that actually wow. comes up like third after on the YouTube list. <laughs> wow! All right, I'll take it all out. If you're link on... in the podcast notes, link in the podcast notes, Jerry Rafferty, right down the line. Done. You're traveling. You come across uh, a troll under a bridge, and the only way he will allow you to cross was if you sing a song in completion with the correct lyrics. What song would you sing? Happy birthday! Oh, cheap, cheap out, but I'll allow it. On the but first answer. True. Well, I because mean, he's he's like, what am I gonna hundred percent get correct? When, when, yeah, like, I know all lyrics. Like yeah. if you had to pick a real I have, I have a song, the song that yeah, is the ahead. troll wearing a name tag? Because if not, that's a really big guess on that. You could, I mean, you could just birthday. say troll. Happy, happy birthday, birthday dear, troll. I mean, do we ever, oh, ever that's happy true. birthday, dear child? <laughs> like it's not really how the song goes. Well, well, you're you gonna know, have to ask the troll its name. You gotta pay the troll toll to get And what if the trolls are and many more? Yeah. Yeah. kind of guy yeah 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 you don't or know if he was a cha-cha-cha kind of I, guy i thought of this question i was like in my, caucasian i would get nervous i'd Could be like, you american pie like oh fuck <laughs> it's like nine minutes i was, I was, I was gonna say Vita. that's yeah i was in the Vita. tequila is a good answer i was gonna say right. the star spangled banner <laughs> mine was uh mine was boys in the hood by dynamite hack that's a lot of words i know wow yeah, woke up quick at about mm-hmm. noon. Thought that I had to be in Compton soon. Gonna get drunk before the day begins. I, uh, I go El Scorcho by like El Scorcho. Goddamn those half Japanese girls. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> take it back to Asian porn. They do it to me every time. <laughs> every time. Every time. J Dub. Shout out. Fans of the show, listeners of the show. Nice. Okay, so let's keep it moving. Good segment. Then. Good great segment. Se- great also, first judge. Great first question segment by J Dub. And, and the nimbleness you would expect from from chef chipper on his great feet. answers yeah Jean great Ray questions great yeah. answers justin I'm, first justin, ever justin asked a question segment we thought of I it like this that. afternoon when i was at the park with my daughter i have uh, I, like I have one bonus do you and it know- just came out of nowhere like it was like uh, that question. was the idea it was a random yeah, it was good he would just do it like we'd stop everything he asked the question boom you know that was the idea, and he fucking. Like, I thought you were being cagey. I thought you were being cagey about the end of C block before we started. I was like, this. does Justin have to leave or something? I don't <laughs> yeah, know. What's wrong? Chip, do you know the band Manchester Orchestra? No. Okay, that's okay. You can look that up on your own time. I will. Why? You should. Well, that was the. That, that was the, that the Andy Hall. Question? That's no, the one J Dub was probing us for earlier tonight. Yeah. What's a cool question? Andy Hall fucks yo. Band slap. Definitely check it out. 
feel if so you, bad I left. If you have depression, you'll show. fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> if you have depression, you'll fucking love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you have depression, take, it's one of the best bands you'll ever hear. Take that, the circus. Shift, you you talk, of, yeah, go ahead, Justin. Talking comic books, you ever read any Scott Snyder's Bat? Yes, I have probably volumes like one through maybe five of that. And then some of the other, I have a good amount of New 52 trade paperbacks. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I dig. Yes, the last couple years, the Court of the Owls, I haven't really really read i haven't read anything in like the last two years but uh yeah. i have a good amount of of, of new 52 stuff um <laughs> burns probably yelling yeah, at yeah right now. You said, he's like shut the hell up said they're the talking about comic books yeah. i want to get here yeah sorry go ahead chip you have yes what? the court of owls uh was a series a batman series it was long too it was a lot of them and it was a, it was a pretty good batman storyline that was all original Probably came out maybe like 2015 or something. I'm not sure. But a lot of, you know, a lot of the storylines, they're always rehashed from like older stuff that you've already read. Maybe this was really fresh and brand new. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The, over the last couple of years in, in the books, Marvel has kind of fell off for me. Oh, uh, really? DC is definitely, yeah. I don't know. And a lot of the most stuff, the, the X-Men in Marvel hasn't been that great as of recent, the stuff that I've read. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 90, the, the, the 92 X-Men? That's where they, they like, they re-released the X-Men 92, right? Yeah, they made it look like, it's basically looks like the, the animated series. Looks, looks like the animated series. Well, aren't That's they going to re-release? Aren't they going to make a new animated series that takes right off of where the animated series stopped? Chipper, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, yes, they are coming out with a new <laughs> X-Men 92 series. <laughs> And oh, dude, I've been chomping at the bit. And um, it's gonna start with House of M, so they're gonna do more modern stories in the old animation style, and they have pretty much every voice actor who's still alive back to do uh, so it'll be that animation and those characters with the more like the X-Men stories that have happened since they stopped they, doing uh, the show. The animation what series, is if you don't remember, they did days past, they yep. did uh, they did the yep. dark socks, yeah. Uh, it's never been done well other than the Tell me about House of M fire. What is House uh, of M? House of M is essentially it's gonna have a big part in probably bringing mutants into the Marvel cinematic because uh it's a very Wanda Maximoff centered story of or just being fed up with not being able to find your children and knowing what's real and just saying no more mutants. Is that and there's the, no more mutants? Is that kind and, of do you think they're gonna do something? Because like the Doctor Strange is a multiverse, like the new one. I'm pretty sure we hear Patrick Stewart's voice in the trailer it's, for it's the amazing. Doctor Strange. So that was amazing. Yeah, and try, I mean, just just knocked my dick right in the dick. Dude, um, I love so Days please. of Future Past. I thought Days of Past. X-Men 2 and Days of Future Past are their two best movies by for, far. First class was good. Good. First class, and first class, and maybe yeah, first class, and then there's a there's a gap between uh, not not counting like Logan, uh, Logan, Logan like yeah, Logan's the best there ever was. It's a yeah. different kind of vibe, yeah. though. Um, Logan's absolutely incredible, flawless film. But yeah, Disney on, on flawless, the, the Disney, almost, yeah, it's pretty fucking flawless. good. It, Justin, just you want it to out. be? Do you want it to be a different villain? We get it. We it's get so it. Omega Red. The paradox of fighting so self. easy, oh. right there. Fuck off. They were so All right. close. Yeah, so close, but yet so far. Omega uh, Red. Say, Godfather Chip. Part Two is so much better than Part One. But Chip, I will way. agree with you, though. I will agree with you, Chip. Uh, the Marvel books have, have fallen at this point. Like I'm reading a couple DC titles and mostly Image stuff. Yeah. Um, <sighs> but there is a book that just came out last week. Uh, the Punisher Number One. Jason Aaron. I don't know if you ever read any of his Thor stuff, but pretty much everything that he everything that's going to be in the new thor love and thunder movie 
is all Jason Aaron stuff, of course, God Butcher, the, the female Thor. Like, mm. he wrote that whole gotcha. run. They're going to make that, yeah, played by Christian Bale. It's going to be creepy. Um, and uh, he's now writing a, a new Punisher book that I got the first issue of. And I was just like, he's one of those dudes. You know, when you collect comics, there's certain writers or artists who are just like, okay, whatever that guy's doing, even yeah. if I don't give a shit, I'll pick up a couple issues. Yeah, just to see what it really looks like. I feel like a cab conversation. Yeah. And he's one of those, he's one of those guys. Well, Maddie, the same way you go to a bookstore, right? You have an author you like who puts out a new book. You're like, all I'm right, sure, check I'm out that you. new book. Yeah. Um, no, so I picked I'm up his Punisher you. number one, and it, 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 it fucking slaps. slaps. Yeah, it's real good. Kids would say. It's real good. So, okay. So let's get back into some of this work talk. Um, all right. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm just, you know what I was just thinking? Should we, should the title of the episode be We All Shine Under the Golden Ceiling, or should it be Apollonia's Gravy Tip? Right, like it's Oof. a lot to choose from. Really, a photo finish there. From. Um, okay, a certain how you say class to it. And the other one is, so we all shine under the golden ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker, you! And slammed it. Nice, assassin, okay. Assassin. Oh, dude, he's just the fucking best murderer. I used to want I wanted to do like a like a like a clip from every show as like this was the line of the show. And it, it was always like Justin was just hitting like the one All time. I don't like the this. One time, I don't need this. <laughs> the one time we were talking about Disney and I said, what was Sleeping Beauty's deal? And Justin just went, yeah, she was just tired. And I fucking <laughs> do, you, um, do you remember the VHS copy of Little Mermaid had a penis on it? Yes. Yeah, they're probably, yeah. yeah. Like a dildo. And the priest had a boner. It was like in the, yeah, that too came up and like all that stuff, but. There was right, the Justin Lion King. That's all, sorry. Yeah. 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 Enough Disney talk. Okay. So let's keep moving. So, Chip, Wait, like we said, how about, just, how about just a little bit of J Dub of being like, I don't know how to take compliments because I wasn't <laughs> oh raised God. that way. So please <laughs> stop saying nice things to me. Yeah. J Dub, we love you. Here. We're here for you and you're a fucking sniper. Yeah. Thank and you, you. Killed, you killed your first J Dub question segment. Loved it. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. loved it. First ever, Chip, you're honored. It's a, you know, a historical moment in the show. And you are the first ever, you know, guest on the J-Dub question segment. So you should be on. It's just my my uh, narcissism. I, I liked your answers and I like you now. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Just know in the future when I don't like your answers, I probably don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't make that so obvious going forward. Yeah. Well, well that'd be, be kind of funny if you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, never mention it again. Just like if you don't know the secret, if you didn't see this episode, you don't know the secret, then that's on you. There's I think you mention it every time. Never, yeah. After every ant, every time they answer their questions, however many, you just say, I don't like you. And we <laughs> or something like that. We should or, start I like you. <laughs> yeah. We should start a list too and be like, well, you're not allowed back on the show. So well, I definitely can't go. ask it early in the show then. Like we're 18 minutes in. I'm like, hey, I hate you, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like Nightcrawler's power that much, and I don't like you that much. Yeah. All right. So let's keep it moving. Um, so Chip, you worked at the bar really in the boys' club, but like really the bar from like the age of ten to like twenty-eight. Then you leave the bar, right? You have like a young family, and you're trying to make some money. You started to work at a catering company, and this is kind of where you got like really kind of like dug your dug your fingertips into like the 
the food distribute like the food distribute the you know like the food distribution game right <laughs> fuck the what the food distribution <laughs> the food distribution was it the, the food, food distribution, distribution? <laughs> it was the food distribution <laughs> game all right you, you really distribute the shit out of it my, my, layers, name, layers my name is my name is Matt my name is Matt can we check and see if Chip's still here? Yeah. Chip might have failed on this. This fight he might have been like, all right, yeah. this is clown shoes now. So, I'm loving all the fucking chop busting going on here to make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I started working for a food service management and off-premise catering company down in Frazier. Okay. And what they did was food service management contracts in corporate cafeteria. Most places in Plymouth Meeting, King of Prussia, and down the main line towards that way. And they yeah. would go into pharmaceutical companies, uh, insurance companies, anywhere there would be like 300 to 13, 1400 people working in the facility. And they would run their cafeteria. Nice. They would have management contracts. They would have they had a corporate structure, a hierarchy. You know, they had a couple owners. They had a couple of district managers that would drive around and check on these different cafes and cafeterias. Yeah. And then each cafe had a chef manager and a team that they managed that produced, ordered and produced all the food every day. Yeah. So... I went for an interview with this company for a food service manager. It would it would be in like an office building, Justin. Yeah. Like oh, there so was like if, yeah. Go ahead, Justin. No, like if your company had like a cafeteria, like would yeah. it be pu- like public schools or like just workplaces or well for this These one it was like, just work, it was just like offices. Hospitals, right? maybe. They they specialized in pharmaceutical companies. Okay. In- insurance companies, call center. Yeah. Mostly mostly, mostly white collar yeah uh people working in there yeah um they really targeted health insurance and medical industry pharmaceutical industry because they had big wallets and you guys saved uh you guys saved a shitload on seasoning It's white people and white collars. I thought it was gravy tits. <laughs> and now you just fucking took it. The line of the fucking show. <laughs> they God saved a ton it. of money on food seasoning, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm still going with gravy tits. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I mean, what a line. What a fucking line. Okay. Win play show. We'll make our best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Win play show. Yeah. We should. We, uh, okay. Dude, uh, actually, the call centers were a, mix, uh, were a mix of different people. They all were. But the call centers yeah. were a little bit more ghetto than, like, the, the pharmaceutical industries. They yeah. each had their own different each, – each account had its own different accent, so to speak. So – and these places were subsidized. These guys had contracts with them to run them for anywhere between two and five years. Uh, the contracts were subsidized. So part of the labor and the cost of the product was picked up by these companies. And then they would run the cafeteria. Uh, then the company I worked for, they did all the catering within that building. So these companies would have meetings. Anything that went up to the office, we did the catering. The yeah. staff was already paid for. They had no labor costs for the catering. Yeah. Staff was already there every day. And the catering was big number. Where like a sandwich in their deli might cost you six bucks. A sandwich package for catering with like a little salad and a little pasta salad and a little this and that. Next thing you know, it's like 14, 15 bucks for a sandwich buffet in an office upstairs that you're charging them six bucks for downstairs. You just have to wheel it up there and put it in fancy plates. Yeah. So 
I saw them really making bang. And then these guys had side halls. The Mac machines in these buildings, they had the contract for that. The soda machines, the Coke machines, the everything. Um, yeah. And then they had like, depending on the size of the account, a management fee. So on top of everything else they're making, they're paying 500 bucks a week management fee to this company just to have a guy in a sport coat stop by there once a week and say hello to the to the admins and stuff like that. Then on the weekends, they had a big commissary and they did all kinds of weddings and stuff down Delaware County, Chester County, and uh, towards the main line, through all and stuff like that. Oh, man. And I had four little kids. So aside from my job working in the cafeterias, I was trying to get on every wedding and every side job I could get on. You got paid different rate for that and uh, wanted to outwork anyone I could to get on those jobs. They had 150 or 160 employees in the cafeteria. Ew. So maybe eight guys would get on a wedding on a Saturday. Yeah. So some people don't give a shit, but a lot of yeah. people are fighting for those hours. Yeah. And the head chef of the company, he's going to, someone he could, he trust to do stuff. He's going to put on jobs and someone that's a pain in the ass, he's not going to. Yeah. So I worked my way into there and I worked my way to the point where they were letting me do a lot of those gigs on my own, captain those gigs. Nice. Uh, and I was, I was learning a lot. The owners there really took me under their wing and taught me a lot. They brought me in at Crown Level. Remember going there, my interview in my suit, bringing in my portfolio, everything I've been doing for the bar over the last couple of years. And I was doing a lot of promotions with steak nights and yeah. off-premise catering and a lot of promotions with sports. I did big Super Bowl parties. I did a lot of cross promotions with other businesses. Mm -hmm. I did a big uh, Madden League with GameStop. And I, that was pretty successful for a couple of years. So nice. like I wasn't getting around. These guys brought me in at like entry level and made me utility guy in one of their call centers cafeteria and it was like damn man this is humbling as shit i'm going from running my own joint to basically being a cook's helper and doing the salad bar in a fucking cafeteria and i just try to keep it positive and work my ass off and just work from there within like six weeks of being entry level they made me a manager brand new cafeteria that we opened up at xl insurance in downingtown and that was a great opportunity because i could basically do what i want they said look run this like you owned it it's going to be you and two people here. You're going to feed 500 people here a day. You're maybe going to feed like 200 people a day. Yeah. Just run it however you would run it. They had a corporate yeah. menu, all this stuff, but like not everything would work where we were at based on limited equipment and limited budget. So what I did was I mastered that. I mastered that job. I saved them costs. I cut it down from a three and a half person staff to a two and a half person staff. And then I wrote an SOP. I wrote a standard operating procedure. Uh, brochure that another manager could come in and they could run this based oh, on the wow. standard operating procedure. This is how you count out in the morning. This is how you set up. These are pictures of what the line's supposed to look like. This is what you do for breakfast. Yeah. Bro, this is what you do for lunch. Yeah, I presented that to the owner and I said, look, this job's too small for me. This is what I did over here. You need to bring someone else up and they can run this. You need to move me to another job or I need to you need to grow. Maybe look yeah, or maybe look elsewhere because this is not gonna be me forever. It's not even about the money for me. I need to make more money because I have a growing family. But right now, it's like I need to go to the next thing. Yeah. So Lord. they took me from there to being the chef manager in the flagship account at a large pharmaceutical company. And they okay. did a couple million a year in sales in there. And that was a great opportunity. It was very upscale. I had yeah. an amazing team. I had like first class chefs there that just didn't want to work in restaurants and shit anymore. Yeah. You know? And they wanted and to work. And it's nine to five, right? Like it's you're you're just working six, like a, what six was to that? two. 
Six to two. Six to two. Six to two. So you're working yeah. during the day. You're dealing yeah. with like the, you know, it's like they'll do like, because I know the one that I have at my place, it's like they'll do like something for breakfast and they'll do a lunch and then they'll see you. And then, yeah, they'll cater the office gigs and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Six to two doing some prep, right? Like, but like, I don't even think it opens till like eight or nine, you right? Or does it open at seven for the coffee? We would open ours for breakfast, and we had a I had a chef there doing a grill. He would make the fresh eggs, omelets, all this yeah. shit. So we had yeah. a we had a full breakfast at seven thirty a.m. Oh god, that's the best. The best. Yeah, we had every, anything you wanted: sausage, bacon, ham. It was literally you just go up, order whatever. It was like going to a diner. Yeah. And the cook that worked that grill, I'm telling you, you can take him into any restaurant. He could knock shit out. Yeah. You know, but he was just like, no, I don't, I'm, I'm too old for that. He didn't even get it on the side gigs and shit anymore because he, he, he could be a beast, but he's just like, no, yeah. I work, no, I go home. No. I, I, I want to go, go make home. breakfast. I'm great yeah. at it. I can work a couple hours, do something that I love doing and not have to be stressed about it. Dude, the... Well, we loved it. The, the people were nice. Is the air conditioned controlled kitchen, yes. that lunch, that breakfast grill turned over to a lunch grill. He's doing yeah. burgers and dog and cheesesteaks and shit. Yeah. The customers there, the clientele, they're a lot different than restaurant, corner bar, or neighborhood bar for sure. Yeah, yeah they're you at work. Know? Yeah, they're at work. They're it's it's it's, different. it's a different feel. So I really started to like that business, enjoy that, and I started to learn about food service contracts, and that's what. I wanted to bring the things that I learned there back and fold it into my family's business. And then what I did was kind of do that and then spun off on my own. Yeah. Okay. So then let's talk about that. So you were like, you would do like you, like you said, you went to like the farmer place, but then something would happen, right? Where like you were, you, you found out like this, this, like your dad would do like the side hustle, right? You were working, you're doing all these things, but then you saw a need for something in like the daycare market and things like that, right? And like you had the idea of like branching out and like you would set up like while you're at the one place, you're setting up like, well, we can do catering for here every day and here for every day, right? And like you would pick up different grades, right? Or different uh, uh, daycares and things like that, right? I had left working for that first food service management company over an argument I had with one of the owners there. Yeah. Right. Like I said, they put me in like the flagship fucking joint. Yeah. And I ran that thing like it was the chip shit. Yeah. We killed it there. <laughs> it was clean as hell. The numbers were fantastic. We were blowing away any other account that they had. Uh, it, it, they they built like a competitive nature between the different accounts that they had, like whose yeah. kitchen's better, blah, 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 blah. So you throw like that one to me. And then you put me on a team with a couple of competitive chefs. It was like, dude, we're out to kill every other account that this place had. Yeah. Even though we're all working for the same company, mm -hmm. it's just like, we're going to be the best thing. We're going to have the best menu. We're going to have the best presentations. We're, anything they do when they, when they develop something, when they try something new, everything's coming through here. When they have like big, like when the other accounts had like Christmas parties where they had 600 people there. They would bring me and my crew in to knock that shit out in other yeah. people's kitchens. So uh, I really loved it, really enjoyed it. I made sure my thing was great. When they started us out, the deal was if you made your food budget for the quarter, everybody on your staff got an entire page bonus. Oh, wow. That was a selling point, right? They, they rolled in I, that my first year and a half there. That was the standard. I made it every single quarter, Hell every yeah. quarter. So me and my entire team got a week's paycheck bonus. Obviously, tax and all and that. Four shit. times a year. 
right? Yes. Damn. Nice. Yes. Fuck yeah, you so, want to work in that kitchen. That's a whole month. That's a month. You're working Three a month. Thir- you're working a third two months month year. It's two weeks, right? Lousy yeah. smart. Oh my god. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> god damn. So um son of a they, this company, there's three owners of this company. They all treated me fair. One of them treated me really great, took me under his wing, right? <clears throat> he was a third owner. He was an investor in the original company. He had owned another company like this previous to coming on with these two gentlemen. And he built up to 71 cafeteria and he ended up selling it to a national, in fact, international. He, he sold his entire contracting company to an international food service management company, one of the real big and cashed oh, wow. out big oh, time. Wow. And while he was, while he sold, he had a five-year no compete, couldn't get back into the business. Yeah. While he had the no compete, he was consulting for these other two guys and he was setting them up with these accounts as the national food service companies contracts were coming up he was pushing those accounts to this new company that i was at oh so they had been experiencing some rapid growth when i first got on there yeah like they were experiencing rapid growth that's why i flew up in the company so quick yeah well they were building up to do the same thing build up as quick as they could and sell and they ended up doing that they built up to i think 57 at the end and they sold it to a large company out of Boston, right i think for like 17 17 million or something like that yeah that was their that was their cash out number and uh they were changing their policy to go like way more corporate so they got rid of that food budget quarterly bonus and they went uh, to like over, they went to a report card uh, bonus right where they're going to give you a report card it's and all if you bring it out at yeah because they can dollar. screw you on the report card they can't screw you on the dollars and cents yeah right there right black and white but the report card they're gonna be like i don't know yeah, yeah i guess the you know, attitude the- was only a 3.7 wow. yeah they oh, went to a dog. figure skating judgment kind of thing yeah. Yeah, this damn Russian total judges. bullshit. Wow. Total bullshit. So I, uh, so you're still you know, putting 20, out 20, the same like same the monetary same value. Everything. Yeah, same same big numbers, same everything. But now probably they're... better because with every year you're into it, you're getting a little bit better. You yeah. know what I mean? So probably yeah. better than it was the first four quarters because now you're like, no, now I really yeah. like. So I twenty percent was like food budget. Twenty percent was like you said attitude. Twenty percent was yeah. development. Twenty percent oh, was hairstyle, right? <laughs> yeah. So name tag, shit like this little shit, hairstyle, exactly, kempness, employees. Twenty percent Cheeto preference, you know, Speaking like of, uh, <laughs> from everywhere. Hairstyle, this whole time while you're working at this company and stuff, you're still hunting a six-figured man and still trying to track him down or <laughs> in the no. Montoya. You killed at my- this yeah. at this point, and, and the uh, the boys will tell you I had a uh strict high and tight from like eight years old through like 34 years old. I had a yeah. really, really, really and just let it go. Yeah, I love absolutely. It. Uh, for those six years since then. For those listening, uh, Justin's joke J-Dub, is referring to late. Chip's haircut. As it's a man, beautiful. As a man who's hit chin length a few times in my life, I honor your commitment. like your dedication yeah. to commitment. Yeah, because I've you, gotten I've gotten low, but I I've I've let it go. I've I mean, never gotten your, past my your shit's down to your freaking center of your back, aren't you? Your hair. Yeah, I'm like you know. Remember the Merovingian kings? They were known for their long hair. Yeah, yeah sure we was. all know that. I mean, and you don't have to tell us that. And, 
Yeah. And I'm not going to, and, and they're not getting kicked out of uh, bed for that mustache either. As yeah. far as the Merovingian kings go. Yeah. I see what you're doing here, Chip. I was going to ask, when are we going to get to Chip modeling for romance novels? I didn't know <laughs> when we were when we were getting to that. I mean, right? that mustache side, itself. It's the next side hustle. You can just right? do that on your own at night. Yeah. <laughs> How about it? Only fan. There we go. So, okay. Picture Chip over a bunch this, of pre-made this, this, lunches. This guy, this guy gives me this report card, and he ends up grading my team out at sixty. Is that a mind? So we, so we all miss out of a hundred. Out of a hundred. Out of a hundred. So you, you like Dumb. you still had the best that numbers. Killed you me. still killed out. Like you still cut. You were still the number one restaurant as far as like all those requirements previously, right? And you're still the number one for everything you've been doing for years that is monetary value based, which is the most important thing. You're still it's way ahead capitalism. Of, yeah. So that's so way ahead of that. Better. But because Johnny forgot his fucking name tag one Tuesday, three <laughs> months ago, he gets a six. It's, you know, he gets 10 deduction points right there. No fucking name tag for Johnny. Merits. What am I supposed to call him? Steve? Come on. You know, like some fucking Dude, that would that would drive me up the wall. I I brought in I brought in the owner that I was close with, and I questioned him. And when I did that, one of the different owners came in, and because I went over his head and went to the owner that was mentoring me, because I was this guy, like you know, I was yeah. his boy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the owner that graded me out at a sixty came in, and he just ripped me a new asshole in the uh, cafeteria after work one day. Uh, and I mean, well, like. No, he's got to show his ass up. Now he's got to show his ass because yeah. you were like, hey, your estimation is bullshit. I'm going to go talk to somebody about it. Yeah. Which is like what you have to do. But also yeah. the kind of dude who's going to do that to jam you out of money is also going to be like, oh, no, I, I will go down fighting as the guy who's right here, no matter how many people think I'm not. Yeah. You know, dude. Yeah. That was your boss. So you're, no, he called you're me kind out. of fucked at that he point. He called me out on tone. He called me out on development, developing my staff. What was I doing to develop my staff? I had a guy named Steve, Mr. Steve. Steve drove up. He took two buses to get to work from North Philly every day. Uh, couldn't read anything. I had to help him with all his paperwork, all this kind of stuff. Great guy. Barely any teeth. I remember he finally got his dental insurance from the company, got his teeth pulled, his gums fixed and shit. Nice. Fucking great guy. Dude, I had this guy. He's a dishwasher, right? When he started for me. Well, when he ended for me, he was dishwasher and salad bar. He did all the dishes and shit, and he did all the salad bar, and he fucking knew what the salad dressings were. He I had a fucking <laughs> salad How bar that is? cookbook there. Yeah. Salad bar cookbook there for him with pictures, and he could make, like, you know, composed salads with tomatoes and mozzarella and basil and all this shit, and, like, showed him basically by picture what the fuck to do. I'm like, look at Mr. Steve, dude. You're talking about development. The guy yeah. who came in here like I told a man how to read. Yeah, you gave him how to read. Talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> you want team development wise, like other than teaching him how to drive here, I taught the man how to read. It's incredible. <laughs> so this guy ripped me into asshole, and like after that conversation, I'm like, yeah, I'm not teaching no. anyone else how to read. Yeah. You're on your own. <laughs> nah, man. Like my that's that's for my dad. And like Coach Algio, if you're not my dad or Coach Algio, you don't fucking rip me into asshole like that. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I'm yeah. not I'm a fucking grown man with four kids. Like, I'm not yeah. taking that shit. Yeah. So, I called my district manager, who I was his guy. Like, I was yeah. his fucking guy. I was like, the district, I helped the district manager get bigger. The district manager and one of the owners loved me. I called the district manager. I'm like, dude, I'm giving you my two hour notice. I'm fucking done here, man. My family owns a bar back in Lansdale. I can fucking go back there and make cheesesteaks and serve fucking shots of fucking Jameson. Yeah. I don't need this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll figure out I'll figure out how to fucking be at my kids' little league games from there. I ain't gonna let this guy fucking pitch me out. 
Yeah. I counted out the drawer and I just fucking walked out. Told, I told him and I'm like, I'm not coming back to work tomorrow, man. Fuck that. You don't talk to somebody like that. After yeah. I've been like literally breaking my fucking balls. I remember I literally scrubbed some of the grout in the kitchen with a fucking scrub brush and Ajax to make sure that shit was clean as fuck for that report card. Yeah. And a 60 for me was like total failure. A 60 at LC means you fail. Yeah. You got, yeah. A 69 is a failing grade at LC. You give me a fucking 60. You're telling me I'm a fucking failure? Yeah. That, Public that was, school. I couldn't, I couldn't do I couldn't do it for how hard I was working. Yeah. So I left there, came to work. My brother gave me a job for a couple months. Then I started working at another caterer. It was at that caterer that I started implementing some of the food service contract practices. And I sold two contracts to daycares down at the main line yeah. to provide them with food service every day. Yeah. It was about $110,000 in sales a year for a company that I just started working for. So they yeah. loved that. Yeah. I also got a piece. I, I got a couple points off of that contract for myself, which was nice. Yeah. Had a boy. Yeah. Hell yeah. The gentleman that I was working for then was a real sweet guy. He didn't know much about food. The people that were working for him before I got there were beating him up pretty good. Oh, really? Uh, so when I got there, I'm like, look, I can like cut a lot of these costs by like some basic fundamentals that these people either don't know or they don't give a shit. At. He did yeah. not know a thing about food service. He did all off premise. He only did corporate, which was nice because it was early mornings and days. He did not do social part. It was like off nights and weekends, which was nice. Yeah. And uh, like I said, he got a call for these daycare contracts. He didn't know how to put them together. So he's like, why don't you give it a shot for him? Unbeknownst to me, while I was working for him for like 10 months, uh, he's bleeding out all his cash. <sighs> and he came up to me and a uh, guy that was working there for about seven years, Bob, we'll just call him Bob. Uh, he came up to me and Bob and he was like, look, uh, we're going out of business. We got to be out of this building in five weeks weeks and me and good old bob you know he had three kids underneath 14 years old one of them being a special need kid and yeah. bob's a real salt to the earth genuine amazing guy you could plop him down in lansdale north wales wilkesbury anywhere he's like that salt of the earth guy that everyone will just love you know he wants to smoke his marble red and, and drink his beer and watch a dirt track race on the weekend yeah. So, uh, you know, he's got a couple little kids too. So I'm like, well, what are we going to do? We're fucked. So what we did was we, uh, I, I rolled those two daycare contracts into my own LLC. I presented the directors with a letter. I said, uh, the old owner's retiring. I didn't say he lost his ass. So the old owner's retiring. We're going to roll these two daycare contracts in a new LLC, Chef Chipper LLC. Yeah. Who's going to be coming out of my family's restaurant in Lansdale until I find another commissary? And uh, I took Bob with me. Yeah. And uh, Bob had been working for this company for like five years. So he knew some of the corporate clients. I had made a good repertoire in my like year there with the corporate client. Yeah. What I did was I took those. I, I knew I could at least pay him from those two contracts. Yeah. But those two contracts I could rent. I went into a, I went into a social club that I rented here in Lansdale. I knew I could pay the rent, pay Bob, pay my car insurance and buy. Yeah. Now that, that would use up that 110,000 for the year. And then from there, I got to hustle and make my own money. Yeah. But I at least have a facility and two vehicles. Yeah. Uh, and so someone who wants to work. And someone who wants to work. that you trust. And someone who wants to work. So we went from there and I went out and I put my suit on and I went to all the big ticket corporate clients that I knew. Did a lunch once a month for 200 people or three times a year for 500 people. And I knew a couple of the secretaries and I just went in there cold, totally cold call and said, hey, is uh, Stephanie here? And okay, they come down. I'm like, hey, yeah. You know, they 
barely recognize me. And, you know, yeah. hey, Chef Chipper from AAA Catering. Here's my new menu. Here's my card. Mike's retired. Uh, we're still around. You know, we similar menu. I did a similar, I did some similar branding. Yeah. Uh, so there would be like a connection. Brand recognition. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? But not total. I had to do my own spin on it. Yeah. But, you know, we're still here. Bob's still here. Bob's been cooking for you for like seven years anyway. Yeah. Me and Bob are still around. Look at my new budget buddy deals. Here's a $50 Visa gift card, honey. Give us a call. Yeah. So we started roping in some of those admins at the front desk. And uh, I actually was able to hold on to a couple of clients since then. That was 2011. And I'm still booking some of these clients. Uh, you know, we, awesome. what I did was... I really went in there and went above and beyond for some of these people as far as the service and the value that yeah, I was bringing. I was going to say that that $50 gift card paid off big time you over, know. over uh, 10 years. <laughs> Yo, you got to have a come on, dude. You got to give them something yeah, to get a come on in. Yeah. You got to have a come on. Johnny Flowers? The, uh, Johnny Flowers. Shout I would out. bring the... Uh, oh, that's a great deal on that Griffey card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What an amazing deal on that tray. Yeah, so wait. Yeah, like, you were in there. You're giving, him, you're giving him the Visa card. Bob's behind you like, wow, that's a great deal. He's giving it to him. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, Justin, what were you going to say? I was like, I used to bring the sewing box, the, the cookies that come in a tin to yeah. uh, clients that I had, and they're a dollar. Yes. But they yep. love them. You know what I mean? Yep. They're like it just showing up, bringing stuff, puts you above and ahead of the competition. And when they think about who they need, then you know who's bringing them fifty dollar gift cards or dollar tins of cookies. You know, not a bad shout. Good job, Jada. <laughs> Love it. So okay, so you start AAA catering, and you start like you literally you went in, you grabbed your fucking balls, you grabbed Bob by his balls, you had your two fucking daycares, you got a couple uh, big client like you know bigger clients. And then you're just like, I got to start making this work. I got to keep going. Got to keep grinding. $50 gift card here, dollar can of cookies here, you know, just doing your thing. And you eventually would then kind of build what is an empire. And I'll say it now, my daughter's daycare, which I fucking, I love her daycare, right? And like, I remember so like my wife showing me like, you know, the menus that they would get at like the food, like she gets a menu every week of like, it's this day is this and this day is this and whatever, whatever. Right. And I'm like, man, this is like, I remember telling her this and this is like, you know, when she first started there, like two years ago. Right. And being like, this is like great. They get like a food and a fruit and like, you know, really clean eating, clean living kind of thing for younger kids, stuff we didn't have. And like, really just kind of, you know, I was really impressed by it. And actually says like, I wonder how this works. Like, is it And my wife told me it's funded through the state and all this stuff. But then it turns out our guy here, Chef Chipper is the one slanging the food for my kids daycare. And I'm fucking tickled pink about it. So that's yeah, kind you know of like good hands. Oh, I know it's in the bet him and Bob's hands. You kidding me? They took yeah, their hands off their balls. They and they started fucking just getting <laughs> daycares. So how did it work, Chip? Like, Eventually, you kind of like would latch on to the daycare gimmick, right? And how would you like, how did that go? How did you like pick that up and get that started? Well, I had the two. I had the two daycares. They're yeah. both on the main line. Yeah. And then um, I got a call for a third one. The third one, I'm like, I gave the woman an amazing deal. She's an amazing person. But I was like, I just want the third one. I want to be an expert at this. The more of these I get, yeah. when I present this as a... When I'm trying to sell this, yeah. I'm an expert at it. So yeah. I got the third one. Then the third one, I got the fourth and fifth one. The fourth and fifth one were the first two that were run through state funding. Nice. Okay. 
So I had to do some. Got that guaranteed uh, check. I had to do some uh, clearances. I had to do some like classes and I had to get different certifications and licenses. But what that put me on was the vendor, the state's approved vendors. Once I go on the state's approved vendors list, the first one listed in alphabetical order is AAA Catering. (laughs) So any contract over a certain dollar has to be put out for a request for bid, okay? Or request for proposal, RFP or RFB. So they have to put them out by state law. Uh-huh. They have to advertise in the newspaper for two weeks. Yeah. And they have to email a certain amount. I think it's like a half dozen vendors on the state's approved vendors. So they look on like the state's approved vendors list and they see like, well, how many people in the state of PA like actually do this? Not that many. And then how many are near Philadelphia or the five county region? Again, not that many. You're not going to send it to a guy that's in like Erie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fuck so that. let me just pick, let me just pick like six of them that are around here. I'll pick the first guy, AAA Catering. So I started getting requests for bids in my email and I started bidding on them and I lost a couple bids. And then I started learning what the price points were. And then I started learning like, oh shit, you're allowed to like ask for the last contract and get like all the information. It's all public information. So it's like, oh, okay. I had to learn like the bidding process. It's crazy Uh, how this is almost like you're, you're hawking cards again, right? You're like, all right, it was this. Well, I'll give you this. What about, you know, like, it's kind of like that again, you know, Frank Thomas goes for $12. If you're asking for 27, it's never going to get sold. (laughs) I I got contacted by a company that's based in Washington. And what they do is they manage this program for daycares that can't, have the, that doesn't have the administrative power to do it themselves. Okay. okay. So they came into West Philly and they had like five or six early learning centers that had maybe like a total of 400, 500 kids in them. It was like a $750,000 contract. Oh. This is about seven years ago. Oh. And I went in there. This was the first contract that I bid. On. And I think I worked all my math back. You know, anything about business, you start with the sale first. What's the sale? And then you work your way backwards. The labor, the, the yeah. product costs, like all the costs. And yeah. then say like, all right, well, does this warrant it? And what's the profit left over at the end? Does it even warrant all this work? So then I did all the work and I figured, okay, I'll need this. I'll need this. I'll need this. I'll need a new vehicle. I'll give myself like an $8,000 budget for like a used van, right? And that would have equaled like 10 cents per child per day over the course of the conference. So like I figured my numbers out for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then I figured, you know what? I don't want to shortchange myself. I'm going to put 10 cents more per kid. That'll give me $8,000 over the course of the year. That'll buy that van. van out of it. Yeah. Right? Well... I fucking went down there in my suit. It was like 9,000 degrees in the middle of the summer. You bid in July. I went down to this like shitty ass facility in West Philly. The people were really sweet. They were just getting set up. It's an open, it's a closed envelope bid. So you go there, they open the envelope right in front of you. It's me versus the other guy. Another guy rolls in and like, he looked like such a yokel, uh, you know, like a cheesy golf shirt, khakis. He was in a court, uh, he was in a convertible. He had like major tan. He was bald. The whole head was tan so i could tell he like lived down the shore all summer and shit. yeah yeah and, and this fucker rolled in there and um he didn't have his paperwork right away right so they let him change it like before he handed it in then after they opened it they let him refill something out and he handed it in. and then like do you want to change it and i was like no because it specifically says yeah. no changes after it's fucking open yeah and uh he was he ended up being like a dime cheaper than me per kid over the three meals you know, a day. So he fucking beat me on that dime, $750,000 contract. 
Oh. And I'm like, motherfucker, if I would have known that, I would have easily. Sense. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. So then I started learning like these other companies because there's not that many companies that do this. They're price point for this. And then once I made it a decision that just I'm going to beat their price point, I'm going to find the product cheaper. I want to do more work personally myself to make my overhead less because none of these people are fucking workers. Like when I saw this guy, he's like Mr. Magoo getting out of his car. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll fucking run circles around this guy's whole team. And I got a team of trained assassins in my kitchen, dude. We yeah. pump shit out. Yeah. So I started to learn how to bid these and I started winning some of these bids. And now we have 43 schools, uh, 42 of them are daycares, they're early learning centers, six yeah. months, uh, three months old to six years old, fully good yeah. kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And we have one K through eight elementary school. It's St. Aloysius in Pottstown. Nice. Uh, they're amazing. And we are, we had uh, sent a contract in to uh, the principal administration at your alma mater, St. Stanislaus. And we're going to be doing St. Stanislaus's lunch awesome. starting with their summer camp in June. Oh, and we'll be doing their lunch nice. next, next year. Are you doing and, it at Corpus? Uh, next, tomorrow. <laughs> are you doing it at Corpus? Corpus Christi? Tomorrow night's their home and school board meeting, right? When I go into Corpus Christi's home and school board meeting tomorrow night, I'm going to present to them my things. I'm going to say, you guys might have heard of me. Most of the kids around this school know me as Coach Chip. I've coached all your kids. I've volunteered. I do the church picnic for free every year. I do blah, 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 blah. Maybe you guys can throw me a bone and give me the food service contract next year. I already do. Maybe you let me cook all your food, too. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so yeah. that, that's that, that's the next phase in the food service management contract awesome. is k through eight school yeah uh, the majority the majority of the daycares that i deliver are in income eligible areas in the city yeah okay uh there's like an income eligibility map that this program runs through yeah the k through eight schools out here in montgomery county they're not eligible for this program no uh on their own accord they could st- they it's it actually the last two years so i'm sorry with covid actually every kid in the state's been eligible for this program but that ends at the end of this year so traditionally these schools aren't eligible for this program but what i want to do with my own network here in town with st al's and post town st stanislaus and corpus christi is become an expert at k through h yeah I'm already an expert at daycare. Yeah. I do 42 daycares every day. You call, I'm starting another daycare with 75 kids on April 1st. If you call me tomorrow and say my daycare, my food service guy fell through, I can I can scale it up like that and I can put you on a route and deliver you something on Thursday and start you up. The K through eight school, their menu's slightly different. An eighth grader's not going to eat the same thing a five-year-old's going to eat. Yeah. I want to become an expert on that, perfect my game with these local schools with that. Way, way less great. And then way less great. And, and then market. <laughs> to charter schools k through eight in the city yeah there's a lot of charter schools in your friends select and yeah yeah Uh, dude that's a fucking that's a genius because are those private contracts then like you're funded charter schools yeah like and like the k through eight they'll be the the k through eights out here in the suburbs st stan's corpus christi they're a private contract i have just with them Uh uh-huh uh charter schools I can get set up with the state's program and get them set up with the state sponsor so I can just get paid straight through the state for those. Oh, my God. Yeah, char- charter schools still do get state funding, not as much as public yes. schools. They still do, whereas like a, a Catholic school or a parochial school, that's all that's yeah. all through the church. Tuition-based. Charter schools still still get to they still get a hey man whether you're funded by the state or funded by the church you're getting fucking paid either way brother 
You know what I'm saying? That's you're it, not, man. You're getting a damn paycheck. So that kind of leaves you to where you're at now, right? Where you've got all these schools and like, not to mention, you know, when we had you on the show the first time, we promoted the Mission Nutrition, Chef's Chippers Mission Nutrition and all the great things you're doing for the community. And dude, like, I'm just so fucking happy for you, man. And like, just love to see like your your commitment and your work ethic and like just everything you've done to like, really, you fucking, you just bet on yourself. You put it out there and you found a way to win and you found a way to make the money and 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 do the right thing. And But you're still not like, you're not like hoarding it. You're giving back to the community and you're supporting different projects and you're doing charity work and you're doing food giveaways and, you know, working with the church and things like that, man. You know, it's like, it's like when, when you told that story about your dad, he'd be so fucking proud of you with like all this stuff you do to help the community. Like he was doing, man, you should, you should take a lot of honor in what you're doing because you know, like, or you should take a lot of pride in what you're doing because it's tremendous. Like, you know, like there's a lot of honor in the things you do and like the service you provide. Yeah, you're a man Doing of the, the Lord's work. People. Damn right, brother. Damn right, man. So, like we I'm said, I'm the people chef, baby. I'm the people chef. The people chef. Damn right. So, like we said, available in the description of this episode, we'll have a link for AAA catering. We'll have a link for Panico's bar. Man, Chip, like this is fucking awesome, dude. I was super excited for this episode and like really, really looking forward to it. You know, and when we booked it and this would be, I think this is your third or fourth time on the show already, you know? And I mean, not to mention like you have some YouTube content that you do. What's your YouTube channel? You can find me on YouTube with Chef Chipper. My Instagram is uh, at the real Chef Chipper. And then pretty active on Facebook. If you want to yeah. like Chef Chipper at AAA Catering on Facebook, you see my special food, food stuff and wacky videos I make and shit like that. Dude, I love your content that you put out on the channel. I'm a big fan. But no, so dude, and then, yeah, and we'll have a link for all those in the description of this episode. Highly suggest following. Check it out. Great follow and great, great content on the YouTube channel. But we're coming to the top of time. Man, this has been just such a fucking blast, dude. Really, really enjoyed this. And I love like, I love when we can, I know ice cream is our mantra and every flavor of ice cream is how we view entertainment. But we really did hit every fucking thing like you know like we started with like the town stuff and the local stuff then we got into some comic stuff then we got into some business stuff and not even to mention like the family stuff and everything like that and like just all the good things you do man and like you're you really are like just the way you be like behave and present yourself and stuff it really is something like for for someone who's been successful you're not hoarding your success you're sharing your success and like doing good for others still. And I think that's a great thing, man. And it's just, you know, it's great to have you on and, you know, love what you're doing. But before we get out of here, well, also, I think we're all, on, you know, usually me, Justin, Tom and Burn are on the same page, but we would love to have you back on the show if you'd be willing to come back on. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate the opportunity. You know, I'm just here in Lansdale, Lansdale forever. And uh, I have a, 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 I'm very blessed. I do a lot of fun things, man. I've had yeah. a pretty good life thus far. And now I'm just trying to plant seeds, dude. dude. I've had a lot of great mentors over the years, whether it be my family and their family business, my extended family and all their businesses and all my cousins, they're fucking hustlers with their own businesses. Uh, whether it be the different characters in the bar, whether it be the directors and employees at the Boys and Girls Club or the coaches and teachers at LC. 
I've had like a great mentorship straight through. And now I'm just trying to put it back into the town. And like I said, plant seeds and do good shit. And hopefully someone else feeds off it and, and my garden grows and someone else is planting seeds and their garden grows and our gardens rub up against each other. Next thing you know, the grass is greener. You know what I mean? Dude, love it. No, dude, you're I'm I I firmly believe exactly what you're talking about. You're building the ecosystem, brother. You know what I'm saying? You're just helping make the world a better place at one step at a time, one little town at a time, everything like that, man. I, I could not agree more. But we are coming to the top of time. Chef Chipper, like we said, we'll have a link to your Instagram, to your Facebook. We'll have a link to your YouTube channel. We'll have a link to AAA Catering, and we'll have a link to Panico's Bar. We'll all be in the description of this episode, as well as all of our links. Uh, a few but, song links, too. A few song links, too. Oh, yeah, and we got the song. What was the song, Chip, that you said was a better one than, than Justin's? Right Jerry, down the line. Jerry Rafferty, right down the line. All right, love it. So we'll have a link for that in the description as well. But we're coming to the top of time. Chef, is there anything you want to say to your adoring fans before we get out of here? Just remember, Chipper loves you. Damn right. Damn right. We love you back. Benoit Pahoot Kasse. Anything you want to say to the 44th faithful before we take off? No, just, uh, just, just a fun one, man. Thanks for having me on. Right. And great yeah. to talk to Chip again. And yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like these kind of values um, exist everywhere. You, yeah. you got to look a little bit for them sometimes. But there are people who still really give a shit about community and where they came from and making that place a little bit better than it was, you know, when they were there. And I, I always want to talk to those people. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. And I want to give them a platform to share their stuff. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Nice. So, uh, Captain Jerkbeard, anything you want to say to the Jerkbearders out there? Gravy tits, baby. Gravy tits. tits. <laughs> gravy tits. Apollonia gravy tits. Chip, good talking to you, man. Thanks for being on, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. This is really good. Always. Always. Jalen, you still whacking it in the sink or what? Yeah, you know, it's just practical. Um, <laughs> I just want to shout out other now cool chefs that you've added yourself to the list of uh, chip. We've got um, um, Anthony Bourdain. We've got Guy Fieri. We've got Raekwon, the chef um, boy, RD Ooh. Uh, just regular old South park chef. Mm -hmm. And now chef chipper. All right, yeah, cool yeah. thing. I would say chef <laughs> chipper's at the top of that list for sure. Well, I don't know. Boy, is pretty good. Boy, it's Fieri. Raekwon. Yeah, oh, Raekwon. Yeah, I would, say, I would say I would I would watch a Chef Chip Raekwon cipher tomorrow. Let's figure out how to make that happen. Nice. Well, our... to our faces. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. So, yeah, as long as it's not old dirty bastard. Yeesh. Don't want to know what he's cooking. Fan of the show. Listen to the show. Yeah, fan, RIP. Fan of former fan of show. Listen to the show. Um, Jesus. Yep, for dirty Jesus. Okay, so this has been another episode of the Work Inspectors Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied today by Justin Richardson, Burn Pockacy, Tom Lavelle, and our guest was the one and only Chef Chipper. You can find all our content and all our stuff on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Work Inspectors Podcast. You can have us on Instagram at Work Inspectors Podcast, and you can join us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workinspectors at gmail.com. And we got four words for you. Please like and subscribe. All right. This has been another episode of the Work Inspectors Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stick around for the ad read. Thanks. See you.
Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, T is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.